What is going on, everybody? Another post-game overreaction show here at UGASports.com. Joined by Roddy in the car. Uh, I am your host, Paul Meharry. It is a big day in Athens, 43-6. to The Bulldogs take down the Missouri Tigers. Tigers tried to get a little, little touchdown there at the end, Roddy. Uh, you know, they asked Harvey about it after the game, and, uh, you know, he, he seemed pleased. He said that they didn't give up their uh, – I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. They met their their scoring goal, I think, or their or giving up points goal, something along those lines. So I'm guessing it was probably like seven is what their goal was at, and they were able to keep the Tigers underneath that. Yeah, I think they just didn't want to give up a touchdown. I mean, this is yet another week with the dogs not giving up a uh, TD uh, through the air or through the ground. That's just it's a point of pride for that defense. Uh, the second team just as much as the first team. Uh, and, and, I mean, you're down – you're getting your butt kicked by – 34 points or something like that. You're calling timeouts. It's just there ain't a 35-point touchdown play that you can call. Just take the loss like a man. Get out of there. And here's the thing. I, I understand, Paul, you and I, when we played ball, it was always, hey, fight to the last second. You know, never give up. Yep. But guys get hurt in this game. That's this what I was thinking. I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, because, you know, the fan in me, wanted to be like, hey, put the first team out there. I'm sure everybody in the stadium was like, put the first team back out there and put Trayvon Walker back out there and make sure they don't score. And then you're like, hold up. This touchdown, while it's while it's great to keep Missouri off of the board in terms of touchdowns, right, you would much rather walk out yeah. of there with having Jordan Davis and those guys healthy. There's no question. Kirby would have given up that touchdown 10 times yeah. out of 10 to keep those guys on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, you're already down two five-stars this week. You're without Adam Anderson. You're without uh, Jamari Sawyer. The last thing you need is to have somebody else. And you're just now seeing the effects of getting back a uh, Jermaine Burton. Get Jermaine Burton back. Guy yes. could have had three, three TDs today. And this nothing against A.D. Mitchell, but if I read the uh, stat chart right, he was targeted seven times. He had three catches. But it looked like they credited him with four drops. I, I remember two. Let's see you know, here. Yeah, yeah. Three catches, four drops for uh, for AD Mitchell. I'm I'm gonna bring in Ben Bachman. He's with us here, Roddy. Get a yeah. Ben's take while you're driving. Give you some time to look at the road. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, nah, ben. Who, who needs the road? It's, it's at the traffic. I mean, it's uh, yeah, true. Glorious. Yeah, Ben. But you, but what's see, my point? Is yeah. go ahead. Uh, let's see, Ben. Your mute's your mic's muted there, Ben. So. uh if you want to talk? All right, can you hear me, Paul? Yeah, we can hear you, man. What's going on? All right, so what I think this game, the number one thing is I think some people are going to crap all over the run game. When you load the box with eight guys, they had more – I mean, they just had more numbers on you. So that's probably the main reason why your run game – the main issue for Georgia in this game was the O-line. Um, and, it, I mean, A.D. Mitchell had some drops. But I think the main story – I think Stetson looked good, but I think Jermaine Burton's got to be the big story. Because I told Roddy, I think, a few weeks ago, that the biggest disappointment was I thought this guy might have hit 1,000 yards with Pickens out, and he's been hurt. And then they finally use him today, and he goes off. So that's great for the offense. And I think that the only way that you can fully stop Georgia is if you have a really solid four-man front. 
that you don't need extra guys to shut down Georgia's run game or shut down uh, the pass game because, honestly, if you load the box, Georgia's now with their outside receivers healthy can beat you. So, you know, I think this was actually a really good day for Georgia. Um, all around, obviously, Missouri's terrible, and, and Georgia's the number one team in the country. There's nothing more than that. Yeah, Roddy, what's your take on the offensive line? I know, I know you're driving. I don't want to get you too distracted here, but the offensive line to me, obviously with losing Salyer, I didn't see a huge drop-off between Broderick Jones and Salyer. I was trying to look for it throughout the game. I didn't see a ton of drop-off. Obviously, there's going to be some with Salyer being so such a veteran presence there, but just the run game didn't get going, and it was almost like Drinkwitz wanted Georgia to pass. He was daring Georgia to pass. He had the worst run defense in the absolute country. There's no worse defense for, for run defense in the country. Uh, they put that stat up on ESPN, and they dared him to pass, and Georgia was like, all right, well, shit, we'll, we'll, we'll pass the ball, you know? And that's what they did. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I – I think that you I mean, can have it, some concern. Remember, there, Arkansas, Arkansas did the same thing with the, with the run. They were they rushing did. three. Like, uh, we're going to drop back eight so you can't throw the ball. And George is like, okay, well, we do have these stable of five-star tailbacks and a great offensive line. Maybe, maybe we'll run the ball and see what happens. And you just ran it down their throat. So. I'm trying to tweet this out here so we can get some more folks in here. Everybody, thank you for joining us. If you want to join us in the conver- in the description of the YouTube video, there is a link there. You can click on that link, and then that will bring you into our show. You'll be in the waiting room. You can either be on with your camera, which we'd love to see your man cave. We'd love to see your woman cave, whichever cave you have down there where you're uh, – <laughs> Ben, Ben, hey, don't take hey, that. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Not yeah. that type of show. Yeah, Ben, don't Ben, don't go there. Okay, I, I'm trying to be <laughs> inclusive to everybody, and Ben starts laughing here. Let me let me see your man cave then. Jeez, Lord. All right, here we go. Starting off great. We're six minutes into the show. We're already demonetized. Thanks, Ben. Um, but uh, <laughs> damn it, where was I going with this? I'm gonna cry. Um, I'm gonna cry. Oh, shit. We're gonna cry. <laughs> um, yeah, you can call into the show, man. If you don't want to be on video and show us your show us your woman cave, then you then you can just call in with audio. Hey, and can we do super chats the other way? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? You can just, Speaking of super chats, man, golly, man, I can't. Um, oh god, uh, whoo, all right, come back down. Um, I'm, come back in, boys, bring it in, bring it in. Let me see here. Uh, we we missed a super chat last week, uh, from Omari Carmichael, and we, we apologize. I tried to get it into the show, man, I just couldn't. We were having a really big debate against uh, JT and Stetson, and I didn't want to cut off Ben with his great takes. Uh, so I did not do that. Uh, instead, we want to talk about it now. And his question was, guys, uh, let's see, where was it? He just wanted to know, uh, would Mims or Brock ever take over a spot? And it's almost like he had wishful thinking because we saw Broderick, not Brock, Broderick. We saw Broderick take over that left, left tackle spot today and then Mims come in at right tackle. So my take on that, obviously, Salyer is leaving next year. Broderick probably slides into that left tackle spot. McClendon's got that right tackle spot on lock, unless you do some moving around. 
Mims is not a guy where it's kind of like a Tate Ratledge where he came in as a tackle. You can move him to guard. I don't see Mims doing that. I don't see McClendon moving inside. So Mims might have to wait one more year. But it looks like uh, Broderick's got that left tackle spot. But next year, I think left guard's going to be the biggest competition next year because I think Tate's going to be one of the guards. I think, like you said, Broderick or Mims will be the left tackle. Um, McClendon will be probably right tackle. I He'll probably come back. Uh, center would be Von Prahn, so it would probably be one of the guard spots. I don't know if Erickson necessarily locks it up or what his deal is because yeah, he's been yeah, here Mims, four years. Mims, so I think it's a left guard's the one if you're looking at next year. Mims isn't sitting out a year. He will take somebody's job. You so think so? Because we said that – Yeah. Right. I, I know so. We the said that. Right. to come to Georgia in the past 10 years. 20, We've 10 said – Paul, we I'm said, admitting that I agree with Roddy. <laughs> we we said the same thing though last time about Broderick Jones potentially taking over from McClendon and he didn't. So it's just Mims a different yeah. player. And this is another year where did you just run over a child, Roddy? Are you okay? That was a huge bump. Oh, dude, we use stupid uh, uh, speed humps in my neighborhood. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure everybody was all right over there. Sorry to cut you no, off. I, I, I tried. I try to catch air on each one. You know, like <laughs> you're getting, you're getting it. Up. You're going to catch air or lose air in your uh, tires. One. Hey, look. Uh, ooh, a tricycle. Let's see if I can get a little clip here on this kid. No, that's not. Yeah, uh, we got not, one more to go. Not. But no, I think uh, Mims is uh, Mims is the uh, lights out. So I, I just do not see him sitting another year. And I'm going to be wrong. McClendon's good, but uh, in a when you have all spring to go out there and fight for a spot, you know, and you know what you're doing, which, you know, uh, Broderick Jones and Mims were kind of new. Uh, you uh, see quite the shakeup on the O-line next year. My, my bigger question is what's going to happen on the D-line because you're going to get a lot of parts yeah. there. you got to re- refill. Yeah. So. There's a lot of parts there. Hey, Roddy, I'm going to remove you from the show and bring Dane in so you can get into your house safely and then join back up with us, yeah? Yep, that's perfect. Sounds good. See you. Dane Young with us, uh, not driving. Uh, we appreciate that. Dane, Roddy was in some predicaments there. Uh, well, you know, I, it's just like me coming to save Roddy's butt all the time. Yep, all the time, all the time. 43-6, Dane, you were able to watch it with Coach Don in today, as always, with our watch-along show. We appreciate you guys watching along with us on the YouTubes and the Facebooks. And I think we were on Twitter today, too, yeah, for a little while, at least. Uh, at least on Roddy's Twitter. Yeah, I uh, saw that. Yeah. Um, so congrats on, uh, you know, three plat- multi-platform Dane Young over here taking time out of his day to come join us uh we, we just we just love it 43 6 dane as we do every show initial thoughts concerns over reactions if you will i thought it was a good game for georgia i thought it was expected uh, missouri's got a lot of issues probably you know one of the things some fans i'm sure would be upset about is slow starts i guess although this wasn't nearly as bad as uh with the first few minutes were against florida um i think you have to like what you see most specifically from Georgia's wide receivers, uh, helping out on some passes that were inaccurate. Um, some solid blocking. I mean, still some drops out there. A.D. Mitchell didn't have his greatest game. Um, yeah. Brock Bowers is still a monster. I, I thought Jermaine Burton had his best game of the season. I mean, I know he hasn't played much because he was injured, but seeing that reminded me, oh, yeah, that's what this guy can do. You know, this is what he did last year, too. But even I thought Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint had, had two or three fine moments that that emerged. And regardless of what George's deal is at quarterback, and I'm sure that's half of the topic on, on this show for the rest of this, 
the receivers playing to that degree is going to be massively helpful. I'll tell you what, Dane. I, I ended the show last week. You probably didn't watch it, and I don't. I don't uh, take any. Pro, you know, I don't. I don't lose any sleep. I watch I everything you do, Paul. I know. I know. I, all the the whole two hours. I know you did, but um, um, if you missed it, you might have. Um, but I'm sure you're watching. Uh, at the end of the show, I said, "Hey, look, I think JT Daniels should be the starter." I don't know, man. Um, I, I still kind of want to ride that train a little bit, but. Stetson looked really good today. He should have had – he had two touchdown passes. He should have had four, let's be honest. Uh, the two to Burton should have been his. So he should have had four touchdown passes today and Burton not fell down at the half-yard line both times. And now we're starting to see Burton back. We're starting to see Arian Smith caught a touchdown today. We're starting to see some of those Georgia wide receivers. And it lessens the – I guess – I can't think of the word. Lessens the uh, – I can't even think of the word on Stetson Bennett. It lessens the load, whatever. Yeah, whatever. It oh. lessens the load on Stetson Bennett to perform at such a high level. He's got wide receivers now that can truly get open. Not saying the other guys couldn't, but Jermaine Burton and Arian Smith are, you know, pretty damn good. You get back at George Pickens, you you know, you start moving the ball in the right way. It doesn't really matter who you have at quarterback if Stetson's making those throws. You know, I think with Georgia at quarterback, my primary frustration this whole time, may, it's certain fans and not everyone, is that everyone w- was trying to speak in absolutes. Clearly, this is the case. Or clearly, this person is better than, like, it's obviously close. They yeah. do things differently. Yeah. JT does things better than Stetson. And Stetson does things better than JT. Like, if it weren't close, you wouldn't be this far into a season with a potential national champion and not fully know, Right. And I, I think what everything tells you is that because of JT's injury, which is a piece of it, because of the receivers, which is a piece of it, because of the pass protection, which is a piece of it, the coaches have looked at all the variables and factors and said, at the current moment in time, we're better off starting Stetson Bennett in these games. And I've got no reason to think that they're wrong in making that decision because they have all the information and I don't. I guess my frustration has been because it is close I have felt like JT and Stetson have been graded on different scales by a large portion of the fan base. And like JT, obviously his interception was bad today. Well, Stetson could have thrown one or two interceptions too. Like he had a couple balls that were up in the yeah. air. But like, the, the, Well, the one to Rosemary Jackson where he kind of ripped it out of his hands, the uh, DB's hands going out of bounds right there. There's that one. I mean, with the deep one to Burton, like a, yeah. a great defensive back can make a play on that. But like, look. If you're trying to do some downfield passing, you're going to have to throw it up and, and one-on-one and let a receiver try to make a play. And sometimes you're going to get burned. Like, you don't get the reward if you don't have that risk in it. Yeah. Ben, what you got? Well, I think Dane brought up a point that I actually talked to Blaine about this, and he kind of made me realize that personnel matters with both these quarterbacks. Like, when you look at last year, regardless of who is healthy, JT's really good at throwing to the outside receivers, right? Burton. Pickens, those are the guys he goes to. With Stetson, it's a lot the run game, the tight ends, the slot receivers. Like Kieras was Stetson's go-to guy. And with JT, it was Pickens, it was Burton. So when you don't have Burton, you don't have Pickens, you're, you're stuck with A.D. Mitchell and Lad McConkey, who aren't bad players. But when they're your best outside receivers, the personnel dictates Stetson, in my opinion, because of the pass protection and the skill guys who are better fit with Stetson. Because if you had the full complement, you can make an argument like if George is out there, Jermaine, they play better with JT. So that's one thing that I think I do realize with the current personnel, 
that you may actually do lean Stetson in the fact that how the team's currently built with the injuries and how it's orchestrated, you go with Stetson. But if you had your full array of weapons and you knew that your O-line could pass block consistently, I think you'd probably go with JT. So I think there's a lot of variables, and I agree with Dane. It's not like clear-cut like this guy's better or this guy's better, um, or else I think that the debate would already be over. So I think now realizing with the current personnel why they would go with Stetson, I kind of understand it now. I, I think one thing that we've talked about yeah. pretty much all year is the pass protection not being really up to par. Today it seemed decent, right? I mean, I, I didn't see any t- big concerns, didn't see any big hits on Stetson or on, on JT. I want to say they didn't give up any sacks. Am I wrong in that? Well, you had JT get rushed off the edge, and, I mean, oh yeah, it, it, it was kind of yeah. a flutter ball that, that could have been dangerous, yeah. but it didn't turn into anything. Uh, and then Stetson on the other end of that equation, you know, the pass that uh, where he throws across his body and hits Burton on was almost a touchdown. Um I mean, that was a really good athletic play. I mean, that that kind of felt like – I'm not saying it's to this degree so people don't take that because I know people – Oh, here we go. It's the overreaction this. show. It's the overreaction show. Here we go. What is it? <laughs> but, but, like, whatever that Johnny Manziel, that, like, Bo Wallace, like, we're going to do some crazy shit and, and like, it's going to no. happen. I probably can't even <laughs> say that. But, like – No, you can't. Like, yeah, that particular can. play, it was like Stetson can do that and other people on the roster can't. Like, that's – that, that backyard football quality to it, I, I think, is really helpful when you get into championship time. Because when things break down and don't go according to plan, who who, feel, who do you feel good about kind of managing those plays and extending those plays? And he's not on that caliber. So, don't like, no, right. I, I'm not saying he's playing to the level of Johnny Manziel in college. No way. I want to ask the chat this and try, try to get the chat going a little bit. Uh, when JT drops back, do you feel more confident than when Stetson drops back? I don't know. To me, I was really trying to watch it. And it just... oh, oh, can I catch you on your question, though? Because it's not a fair one, the way you phrase that. Because Stetson does not drop back that much. He drops back a little bit. A little he doesn't bit. drop back as much as JT. They move that it... pocket. They like to get him on the run. He did more today. Oh. Paul, if I have complaints about the offense, to me, it's like the run game – when you know they're loading the box and you consistently run inside zone, like they're going to stop it when you run the same run play that much. Like that was my biggest concern that I don't know if a lot of people are talking about. Yeah. The O-line wasn't great, especially run blocking. I get that. But when you run the same run play, at least the same design so many times, it's so easy to stop. You got to get creative. Do like the outside runs. Like they did. I think they did like two with James Cook and they both worked. So it's like, you got to do more. There's like the motions, like the jet sweep to Kiaris that worked every time they did one of those motion plays, they just motion a guy or they do a sweep. It worked. Do more of those, do more screens. Like the screens, they did two or three of them today. They all work. Do more of those types of plays. You don't have to just line up. We're just going to run right up the middle and, and, and um, pound you. That, that, you don't have to do that. Just get creative because every time Georgia got creative today, it worked every single time. So I think that's another thing. The play calling has to be you have to do more of the screens. You have to do more of the outside runs and some of those plays. I wonder if they were hesitant with Broderick on that side because if, I, if I'm thinking back, all the quick pitches, I believe, were to the right. And I then say, yeah, even – I mean, the jet sweep was to the left, but that's so far beyond the tackle at that point. Yeah, you know, once he gets so, I wonder if there was hesitancy there. I have no idea. That's why I didn't. I didn't. You, uh, you weren't on yet, but I was talking to Roddy and Ben about it. I didn't see a huge drop off from uh, Jamari to Broderick. I was trying to watch it as best I could. Seemed like he held up his own. Obviously, as a five star offensive tackle, it, it, there weren't any plays that stuck out to me. You want to have Salier back as quickly as possible, but when you're able to plug in Broderick Jones right there. 
Uh, it seems to have worked. Dame I think he had one play call. Yeah, one, one play. play. It was uh, actually it was the play they, they scored a touchdown on Arian Smith. I think Broderick got beat oh, on that scored, play, but still Stetson made a play there. Dane, uh, I'm going to let you go. Roddy's back with us. Any last thoughts here for the uh, POS before we let you ride on home and uh, take care of your loved ones? Um, I, I wish night games would happen so I could get on here and drink bourbon some more. Those are more fun to me, but yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> so be it. Maybe SEC championship. Do, yeah, we're gonna miss out on the uh 3 30 Auburn uh Texas AM game. We'll have to have uh Trent pull that up. Once you will, I feel bad. You're <laughs> Nebraska, yeah, tr- yeah, tr- yeah, Nebraska Dave... lost to Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma all by one possession, and they're three and seven. Oh, who's just think years. about that for a second. That's okay. just that's heartbreaking. Dane, as always, man, we appreciate your takes and uh, have a good one. We'll be looking forward to over on UJSports.com, Film Don't Lie, a unique series only for our subscribers with Dane Young and the professor, Brent Rollins, breaking down some game tape for you guys. So thanks, Dane. Thanks, guys. Oh, Paul, quick update. A big defensive showdown between Wake Forest and North Carolina. It was a defensive slugfest, (laughs) 58-55. Yeah. And North Carolina beat them, so you don't have to worry about no Wake Forest in the playoff no more. Oh, Wake Forest is out. We've got Roddy Nabolsi and Blaine Gilmer from the field. Roddy, we'll wait for you. Blaine Gilmer, you are on the field with the Dogs win behind you. What was the uh, game like on the sidelines today, sir? I mean, it, it, it seemed like it started off just a little sluggish. I mean, obviously not being able to see the TV view of it and everything. You know, you missed some stuff, but just uh, seemed like they, you know, took them a little while to get the juices flowing. It was, man, it was real cold, I'm telling you, at the beginning of this game. And then the uh, sun came out a little bit. They got juiced up, and uh, Georgia started started rolling. I thought uh, Bennett looked pretty, uh, pretty efficient, um, you know, and, and Jermaine, having Jermaine Burton and Arian Smith back. My goodness, uh, Jermaine Burton, just the the strength in his you know hands, being able to go up and, and pluck that ball away from that guy, and and uh, just plays with an attitude, you know that that uh, this Georgia offense has been missing a little bit out wide. We talked a little bit about Broderick Jones taking over for Jamari at left tackle. Were you able to kind of watch that? I know you were taking some photos of him and some live game reps action. Uh, anything that stuck out for you right there? I mean, other than I can say technique-wise or anything like that, but I mean, I thought the the protection was actually pretty solid today when they when they dropped back. Other than I think when JT got in there late, there was a issue with it was on the other end of the field from me. But uh, you know, Broderick's a good athlete, and uh, he just has to grow into uh, the the into his body, so to speak. Right? He had a basketball player's frame when he showed up at Georgia, and and now he's uh, starting to gain more weight and gain more strength, and uh, he'll continue to do that, I'm sure. As for recruits go, Blaine, you were the man there getting all the photos. Any recruits stick out to you? Was there? A, we we thought maybe there would be a Travis Hunter sighting. Uh, was there a Travis Hunter sighting today? Travis wasn't there, but Ethan Davis from Collins Hill was there, uh, who Georgia has really started to pick up on. Also, um, Damari Austin committed to Auburn, running back, class of 2022, and Georgia already has two running backs committed. Uh, in um, Branson Robinson and Jordan Bryant James, so interesting that he would uh, he would show up in, in Athens today. Um, four star out of Woodward Academy that had a huge performance. Of course, Hero uh, Canoe, Canoe is here on his official visit. Uh, JoJo Stone Jr. is someone that in the name class of 2024 everyone needs to know because he loves Georgia. Georgia's all over him. Uh, I feel like he could be someone that uh, you know is. Is someone to keep an eye on in the class of 2024 here early on. Blaine, 
any parting thoughts? I know you got a lot to wrap up. We don't want to keep you He's too long, man. To Put him to work. Oh, no, he doesn't have anything to do. All right. Well, cool. I was, yeah, gonna, I was trying to get I'm you out of here, Blaine. I'm up and loading photos for you guys to, uh, to get over there. But no, I thought uh, Georgia. Hey, none of them in uh, focus. What are you worried about? Look pretty, uh, look pretty, pretty explosive in the in the run game and things like that. Here goes, here goes Kirby Smart beside me there. But anyways, uh, <laughs> see if you can catch a ride. See where he's headed. He's probably he's always always ABC always be crewing. He's going over to see those recruits right now. Absolutely, he's, he is. He's heading over there to the players' lounge to see those recruits right yeah. now. So there'll be a lot of those guys over there. But uh, we'll have a full report and everything on that on UGA Sports here uh, coming up coming up tomorrow. So. And uh, as always, Blaine, the uh, Rumors vs. Facts show, which we try to get the uh, viewership higher than yours each week. I think we beat you last week. You've been beating us, but uh, not so fast, my friend. I've hey. got a secret weapon up my hand. I'm going to start Healthy sharing this Healthy competition, too. right? Healthy competition. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. Game day confirmed. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, Blaine, we'll talk to you later on, man. We appreciate you joining the show. All right, see you guys. See you, man. Uh, we had a question in here from Fred. He said, will this be a podcast? It certainly will, Fred. It will be on our podcast channel uh, tomorrow, I think. It takes me like two hours to download the thing. So I'm getting good at it, though. Let's see here. Conscious mindset, but JT should have been in a lot sooner than he was in. He, he was in at halftime, wasn't he? Or close to? No, no. Stetson started second after drive halftime. Second drive of the second half. Yeah, second drive of the second half. He took it all the way home there. Michael Smith saying, great game, Georgia. Go, dogs. That's a cute puppy in your photo there, Mike. What type of dog is that? Rhodesian Ridgeback? Oh, uh, you haven't brought up the end yet? You haven't brought up the last couple seconds of the game? We did, but you decided to not join the show and instead watch another game. So we've already discussed that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the end of the game. Jed's a slacker, but no, no. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz tried to score on Georgia right there at the end of the second string defense. Roddy and I talked about it. Great goal line stand. You know, you want to see that first team defense get back in there and hold their own, but just as well, the second team defense was able to do its job. And I think that helps even more than the first team doing it. You know, the first team can do it. But uh, William Poole with a big pass breakup on third down. Don't know who the hell. Uh, they were passing to on that fourth. I mean, we know who he's passing to on the fourth down play. He just didn't do it. We got a Bulldog fan 764 joining us. Uh, no camera, though, so we're going to bring him on, guys. Bulldog fan 764. Whoa, what's up, man? That's a uh... – all right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, we'll keep it moving. And uh, let's see here. Fred yeah. F., love the content. We appreciate you, man. Um, 43-6. By quarter, I think that Georgia had them at half – I want to say they had 160 yards. I want to say 160 defensive yards. And then they just started kind of dink and dunking their way down the field. I want to say uh, Missouri did to get themselves to 273 total yards uh, for Missouri. So Georgia, on the other hand, did not run the ball fairly well. Cook and Zeus both had nine carries. Zeus, 14 yards for Zeus. When's the last time Zeus had 14 yards? Well, as uh, you say, when you run into a box with eight guys in it, you know, and uh, when they, they sell out to take away the run, it's going to be tough for you. Roddy, I said this. Why don't they run different run plays and just inside zone up the middle? It's like they, you know, like I feel like on first down more than half the time they ran that play. It's like the most basic Georgia run play. I feel like they run it so often that with an eight-man box, you're going to stop it. Can they get more creative with – just motion, yeah, I mean, but things like that. You, you, you still run it to see if you can do it, you know. But 
Other times it's uh, and yeah, and there's a couple times where they'd have eight in the box, and then you watch two guys bail. You know, it's uh, you're looking at your read, you're like, okay, we think we can run on that, and then towards the end they were able to do so. So, and they set up some great play action stuff. They didn't run a whole lot of play action, but after you know, it's like, okay, you think we're gonna run it every time on first down? Now watch this fake, and then they hit one over the top for a big gainer. So it's um, I don't know, I don't. They've called. They've got so much stuff that they haven't called. You know, so much potential. I mean, there's so many stuff they could have done with the tight ends. Getting Arian Smith in there, as Coach Donna mentioned on the Watch Long Show, this is nothing against Lad McConkie or Brock Bowers, but now you've got burners, you've got speed guys, you got a guy like uh, Arian who could just take off, and now all of a sudden, after you hit him on that long pass, notice how the game completely changed because they're like, oh, "Yes, crap. we we got to back up. We can't we can't crowd the line like this. this they'll, they'll gouge us." Completely different ball game right after that one play. One play changed the entire outcome. If you take away Kiaris Jackson's 37-yard, can you take that away? If, let's take it away. <laughs> um, as a rush, right, I'm trying to get the statistics here. While I do that, though, uh, Dejon Edwards, man, I don't know if he's going to get any more playing time this year, right? I think the running backs are kind of set, but damn, does he run hard, man. I mean, like – Looked really good. Uh, 130. Let's see, minus that. What am I doing here? I don't know. You're probably drunk. 168 minus 37. Okay, so 130 on 32. So if you take out Kiaris's long run uh, for the running backs, only four yards a carry. So that's not really where they want to be. But at the same time, yeah, I but again, it's it's scheme, you know, it's uh, when here's my issue with the O line, or not just the issue, here's my defense of the O line. When you have five blockers taking on six, seven, eight guys, so you add in a tight end, so you got six blockers taking on eight, you're doomed to fail. So you have to go to the air, which they did. But then when it's a show pass and they're able to rush you with four and get pressure on the quarterback, that's my criticism of the O-line. So it's like, look, I'll defend you when you can't run it because you're running into eight guys or you know, that, you know the box is loaded even though sometimes you can run it. But point being, I'll, I'll, back, I'll back any offensive lineman to that point. But there were a couple of times when he was four on five, four defenders versus uh, five offensive linemen, and Jackson still had to run for his life. Just like with against Florida, that, that's a you problem. But then, you notice when they did block for him and Stetson just sat back there and picked their asses apart, it's like, okay, this is especially that uh, drive right before the end of the half. That, that was a thing yeah. of beauty. We've got Fred here. Let's get Fred on with us. Let's go, Fred. Hey, Fred. What? Why does that keep doing that? What is going on? That was not what. Okay. All right. Well, we're not going to bring anybody else on. Um. Anyways, let's see. We have some. Uh, Do you need me to run the board? No, I've, the board was not. It was not looking. It had a uh, Oreo there, uh, and then it changed. So, let's see here. Don't mind me. I'm going to uh, eat over there. Cheez-Its while you uh, talk. Gray Goose says, uh, we have very little success running up the middle. Hopefully we're holding back some better plays for the playoffs. <laughs> you, you know, it, you've gone through nine games now. I don't know if there's any change you could do up front. I mean, what what can you change there? It's not like they're going to just start going to immediately block harder, right? I don't, I'm not quite understanding what they could do differently. Well, they're a lot better run blocking than they are pass blocking. So that's to me, though, if you don't have a blitzing linebacker, you don't, you know – you can get uh, 
a more honest defense, then you're, you will have success running up the middle. Georgia has had success doing that. I don't know that you need to call a ton of uh, – um, sometimes it's just numbers. I mean, we can – Pass blocking look good today, though. Yeah, when it was – you know, when you're outnumbered them, especially towards the second half, they got a lot better at it. So, yeah, you know, much better. Uh, I would worry about this against a team with better rushers. But again, to me, this is the same thing I had an issue with someone say, hey, the, our pass protection was good on that play. And my question was, well, how many guys do they rush? Well, they rush four. Well, if you've got five guys providing pass coverage, then he should look good. But when you have the same number or less and they're able to get to you or they send a blitzer and nobody picks them up, you know, that that's when you got to worry about the pass blocking. And Georgia well, just, Rod, just didn't do a whole lot of that. Well, Roddy, you brought up a point on that play. Like when you think about it, Clemson probably had a couple good plays against Georgia where they had good pass protection, but overall they were terrible. So, yeah. I mean, exactly. yeah, you're going to get a couple plays or you're going to pass block well every game. Like oh, every yeah. team will. So, yeah. I mean, that's why Georgia was able to destroy them. I was worried about getting that Clemson game. I was worried about Georgia's secondary. But when you were able to, first series, when you get a sack almost on the goal line, when you rush three. It's like okay, th- this is a completely different ball game than what the entire everybody was expecting to happen. Because the minute that happened, you could just see the Georgia offense, uh, Georgia defensive line, the Georgia defensive uh, uh, half of the team. They're like, "Holy crap, we got them! We got them, boys! We can get to their quarterback with three or four. Drop everybody. He ain't gonna be able to throw nowhere. We got and yeah, that's what happened. I mean, they they scored three points the entire game. Yeah, so quick Paul, I think I was right. Before the Georgia Clemson game, that Clemson's receivers, you overrated them. I think I was right there. I just want to take my victory lap on Paul. Hey, Amari Carmichael says, Should I call in? Absolutely, Amari. Give us a call, man. We'd love to hear from you. We we answered your super chat earlier, but we will talk to you as long as you'd like uh, moving forward. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Roddy run the board, pulling you guys in though, because I'm not gonna be at, at fault for that. So uh <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. Let's see hey, here. Let's keep bouncing people out. I don't know. Is is Tennessee looking forward? Is Tennessee somebody Georgia should be worried about, or does it kind of matter when Kentucky plays tonight at seven against Tennessee? Or we need to—is that where we're going to maybe see? Okay, if Tennessee beats Kentucky, let's be a little bit more worried. Or is this one of those games where Georgia should be able to handle their own? The spread's going to be twenty-seven, and it's going to be another SEC opponent that's in double digits. Uh, against um, the dogs. What do you, what do you mean by worry, Paul? That they could lose the game, or the fact that Tennessee can keep? I, I don't think I don't think I don't think, I don't think there's a game on Georgia's schedule that they can lose so far. But it, is there a worry at all? You know, well, is there something that Tennessee's Georgia fans haven't seen yet? Well, well, I think Tennessee's defense is very bad, but they have an offense that if Georgia can shut down an offense and limit big plays at Tennessee, then you, you got to think. And I'm not saying Tennessee's offense is Bama, but they. If they can shut down Tennessee's offense, I think people would feel a lot more confident going into if they had to play Alabama um, or Auburn or AM, who I don't think could score at high rates on Georgia. We know Auburn can't. I'm not I know. excited about Georgia's chances. I mean, I expect Georgia to win, don't get me wrong, but I don't like when you see some of those teams go fast. Yes. They're, they're that's that's kind of where I was getting at. Up. That makes me a little bit nervous, basically to give them some success. I mean, of course, you can always go lose a game. That's possible. But, uh, you know, you notice we only talk about Tennessee's uh, offense. We don't talk a whole lot about their defense. And uh, and it's because I don't want to call it a gimmicky offense. It's, it's effective. But it wasn't there early on. And it takes guys a while to learn how to do it. But they're learn, they've, they've learned how. They're being very successful with it. 
it does make me a little nervous. Also, that running quarterback makes me nervous. You saw – and people are like, why are you so down? Why are you so nervous? I'm like, because a friggin' blood, a running quarterback can do crap like what you saw today. Yes, you win. We had somebody say, why are you guys complaining about a 43-6 to win? I'm like, the, take that same rationale, why are you complaining, and apply it to the quarterbacks. No one should be worried about the quarterbacks because if you win, then there's nothing to worry about, right? Well, as a fan base and as media people, we've learned to worry about when that other shoe is going to drop. What is that Achilles heel? What's the nervousness? And what does this game or the past game or the one before that tell you about the game coming up? What I saw today and what I've seen in the past, running quarterbacks are problems for every defense, you know, just because, again, a number standpoint is, you know, Georgia can't go man, as we saw in that first series, with a running quarterback. All right, so you can't be a man coverage or it can't be man under. Take that off the chart, you know. That's going to hurt you against Tennessee. It's going to change up what you got to do. And then uh, uh, you worry a little bit about your pass pro, you know, because maybe you're going to run into a team that's really good. People that are worried about Stetson, they're like, oh, Stetson's great for now, but what happens when he gets against this team? So you do you do need to be concerned about Tennessee. I'll, 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 hopefully we'll be off here before in time to I'll watch part of that game. I know we'll have a ton of uh, content that I'll be editing, and uh, I won't get to see a ton of it, but I, I do want to see how Kentucky faces it. Because maybe you can get – and here's a great thing for Georgia fans. They're at Tennessee. They're not going to get back until like 1 o'clock in the morning. It's uh, 418. Your boys are uh, showered. They're out. They're watching games. A bunch of them are going to go over Classic City East tonight and sign autographs for uh, money. Uh, Georgia's resting. Tennessee still has to play. Tennessee. Wait, are they on right now? No, they'll be on at 7. Tennessee and Kentucky oh, yeah, we'll have a 7 o'clock game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hendon Hooker, just so you guys know, Hendon Hooker, the quarterback for Tennessee transfer in, uh, 17 touchdowns on the year, two interceptions, QBR 77.1, which is 13th in the nation. But like Roddy said, uh, where is it? Boom, boom, boom. His rushing, uh, is pretty decent. Last week against Alabama didn't do much. 12 rushes for 26 yards. Week prior to Old Miss had uh, 108 yards on the ground with a touchdown, 66 yards against South Carolina with a touchdown, 80 yards against Missouri with a touchdown. So that's where maybe, you know, it, it gets into play there. Oh. Hey, I'm going to bring in uh, Penn Hurst. He's a, he's a great uh, sponsor, excuse me, great supporter of our broadcast and our website. He's been around forever. He's a good guy here in town. Y'all need to check him out over at, uh, off of uh, Hawthorne, I believe. Hey, Penn, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Roddy? Doing fantastic. Penn is a great, great dog, and uh, I'm glad he's joining the show. Penn, Penn what do you think about today? Uh, you know, uh, there was good and bad. I mean, uh, you know, you got to see a little bit. Maybe maybe it'll stop the narrative a little bit. You got to see a little bit of maybe why JT hasn't been playing. Is he still a little rusty and just coming back? And, you know, his timing wasn't great. You know, those two plays back-to-back – one where he didn't feel the rush, which could have been a huge turnover, and the other where he actually threw the pick. Just kind of shows, you know, he's just not quite to game speed yet. You know, so I don't know if, if um, you know, I don't know how you – I really – it's a coach. How do, you, how do you put him back in? How do you start him? How do you make it work it, for mm. all the people that are clamoring for that, um, you know, and get him enough reps against teams with enough, with, with enough of a pulse? I mean, you take the chance next week of losing a game against Tennessee if you did something like that. So, I don't know how you do it. Maybe you guys do. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is the uh, what? How much does Kirby make? Seven million. That's the seven million dollar question <laughs> there. Uh, 
you know, I, you know, I, I don't know, honestly. Uh, it's, I think you're, you've got some great points, Penn. Uh, you don't know when you can throw him back out there. You can throw him back out there against Charleston Southern, sure. But, you know, what if, what if Stetson comes out? Stetson should have had four touchdown passes today, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'll give my opinion know. at this point. I know that, you know, there'll, there'll be other people that think that he should start and start immediately, you know, just as he goes along and they need to get him ready because they feel like he's the only one that gives us a chance to beat whoever we play in the SEC championship game, which I'm not necessarily 100% behind. But, I, you know, you hear that line of thinking a lot. Yeah. I think you're going to have to just leave him as a relief pitcher. You know, if, if people believe that things will go sideways if we play, let's say, Alabama in the SEC championship game with Stetson in, if it is, you need a guy who has his kind of arm talent to win that game. He's your perfect relief pitcher. And God Almighty, we've had it done to us many times. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, why not? Penn, here's, a question, here's a question for you, Penn, and then I'll uh, let Ben and Roddy chime in too as well. Two-minute drill – and again, we're, we're assuming Georgia plays Alabama in the SEC championship game. That could change, obviously, with the big matchup against Auburn. Auburn's got to win against Texas A&M, though. But let's say it's Alabama. Two-minute drill. Who do you who do you want at quarterback, Penn? A two-minute drill's got to be JT. Uh, but no, you know what? Here's here's a funny backside of that. If you got two minutes and you want to run the clock out, who do you want as your quarterback? You probably want, yeah. You probably want Stetson. I'm saying two minute drive. You got to go down. You got to get four. You can't kick a field goal. I, I, I put JT. I mean, that's that's. I mean, not JT right now. Maybe JT in three weeks. I mean, the guy that's out there right now is the same guy that was there last year. I mean, he's just not. I'm not saying he won't get there. He's just not there yet. He's not sharp. He didn't throw a football for what four or five weeks. And I, I mean, I was hearing things that he was rusty last week. And that's why he didn't play, you know, in the bye week. That's why he didn't play against Florida as he wasn't throwing the ball very well. And, uh, you know, then this week they put him out there. And you kind of see, you know, what was going on. The ball does look different coming out of his hands. I don't know how anybody yes. can look yes. and watch and not say, okay, his arm is decidedly um, better. And he's better pre-snap, you know, in the pocket. I think Stetson's better rolling. As we can see, JT didn't do a very good job of throwing that rollout pass late in the game to McConkie. But, I mean, overall, I think it's easy to see JT's arm is better. And if you're going to beat a team, you got to pass to all three levels. He's the guy you want. I mean, uh, but I just don't think he's going to be ready in time. Roddy, Ben, your, the floor is yours. Um, Penn, the one thing me and Roddy got, Roddy got on me last week, uh, if you didn't see, about uh, the JT Stetson thing, I said the one thing I like a lot more with JT is decision-making. He threw the pick, but he made the right decision. That's the one thing that I've just consistently seen where Stetson sometimes like you shouldn't have thrown that ball. You shouldn't have done that where JT it's like right. today, okay, you made the right decision, but you didn't execute. And is there a, a process of, okay, I know Stetson right now can execute more, even if it's like, hey, he might make a, one or two more bad decisions, but you, I know he's not rusting. He can execute. Is that something that you take into account, Penn? I, absolutely. And, and, but I do, you know, you, you have to take kind of everything into account too. I understand Roddy's point. I mean, right now our guards whiff as much as they hit, you know, so it's not a bad idea to have somebody, you know, in there who can move. I mean, I, Schaefer in the first, first two series, if he made contact with his guy, I didn't see it. Um, you know, and Erickson had trouble, you know, during the points of the game. And I think as the game went along, they kind of settled in, but, 
at the same time, you know, if the speed of the game is too much for him, like it was on that rush where the guy hit his arm and it could have been a fumble, what's that going to be like early in the game? And then we're down seven or down 14 because he's not ready for game speed. You know, and that's there's a lot to I, – I think you got to roll with Stetson. And I, I, I'm i a JT. I think he's the better quarterback. But I think you got to roll with him until he gives you a reason not to. That's fair. For my thing, and people think well, you have a vested interest, you're rooting for this guy, you have an agenda. Hey, anybody says that, just go to hell, okay? Yeah. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me who's the quarterback because it's a good story either way. If it's JT – then you got the California kid who gets busted up at USC, goes across the country to the South where he's never been, uh, sits behind you, know, sees the quarterback flailing at Georgia, uh, you know, that, the crazy year they had last year, comes in towards the end, is named the starter, then gets hurt. You know, oh, then over the summer flies a bunch of guys out to L.A. and, you know, they he has that bonding moment with his team. Then they – he comes back here, he gets hurt again, then he comes in towards the end of the season, leads you to a national title that you haven't seen in 41 years. Hell yeah, that's a great story. If it's Stetson Bennett that takes you there, that's also a great story. Doesn't matter to me. Don't care. All I ask is that you use the same criteria for both guys. And that's what right. I don't see a lot of. People are like, oh, well, uh, that, that JT would have completed that pass. How the hell do you know he'd have completed X pass <laughs> or Y pass? You know, When you look at the numbers, I'm like, the numbers are pretty similar. You know, and I mentioned this week, batted passes. Both of them have halved, cut in half the number of batted passes they had from last year. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot for both of them, not just one. There are both. Uh, and then, to, you know, people are like, well, last week, well, we, we beat Florida. That was great. But there were two interceptions. Well, there's an interception this week. And who the hell threw it? You know, <laughs> in other words, to me, those weren't bad interceptions. It wasn't the end of the game. You won handily this week. You won handily. It wasn't a bad interception. Don't worry about it. But, again, just apply the same rationale to both. And my issue with Ben last week was people say one's a better decision maker. Very possible. The problem is how do you know? How do you know what decision was made? How do you know when they checked out, when they didn't? You know, what the call mm -hmm. was. Lots of times, like, oh, well, he's going through his progressions. You don't know what the progressions are. You don't know if it's a one read, two read. You know, are you reading in, out, up, down? Too many people make decisions based on what they want the outcome or make their criticisms based on what they want the outcome to be. And I'm like, look, just be fair across the board and don't assume that Kirby's doing this out of hard headedness or he wants a South Georgia guy to be the guy or he doesn't know how to manage quarterbacks. You saw Kirby when your team was up by 37 points, losing his damn mind on the sideline because somebody made a mistake. That's how badly do you think he wants to win? And he think if one guy gives him a 51% yeah, chance, if one guy gives him a 49% chance, who's he going to pick to be his quarterback? 51% guy. No agenda. I yeah, I don't think there's any agenda with Kirby, too. I hope that that's the narrative. The other thing I think we I see it and it makes me mad, Ben. That's why I bring it up. I just, right, right. And that's why I, people, I get heated. I'm like, I'm not heated for Stetson. I'm heated for bad analysis or bad criteria. Right, just bad agenda. Yeah, I, the same I, I, across the board. I hear you. I, I think one thing we all can agree on, too, that I like is, you know, different than Fields and Fromm. These guys like each other and are supporting each other. Yes. And they were as happy for one another when they had success. And that's something that I think, you know, it goes a long way towards what we're going to try to accomplish over the next, you know, four or five weeks. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, yeah, it's completely different on the sidelines with those two guys. They're cheering and hollering. You know, they're the biggest cheerleader for each one. Another, uh, as like you said, from and Fields, that was a little bit different there. Yeah, the whole uh, defense is that way too, though. You notice that? Because right. different guy each week leading the team in tackles and such. And I'm sorry, we had somebody join the uh, thing. I didn't get him on in time. So please. Uh, yeah, Sherry, give us a call back. We'll, we'll get you back on. on there, Sherry. I apologize for that. But the uh, when you see these guys rooting for each other, and I've seen, I think it was 2012, I've seen teams come back with all these NFL talents, and each one's trying to bump up his stats. And you're like, how can how can you get scored on when you have all this talent? Well, when you don't play like a unit, it's easy to pick somebody apart, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've been very impressed with the offense and defense. These guys kind of take care of each other, so that's been yeah, very I, very nice. I you could see it. It was it was plain as day, and what what's you know what was going on. I you know I, it, to me, I think it's pretty obvious who the more talented quarterback is. But again, how do you? How do you figure it out? You know, what do you do? There's no way to get him the right kind of reps between here and there and not risk, you know, a catastrophe. You know, so I don't know how you do it. Yeah, well, you can. You put him in, and if he's doing bad, you bring him. See, to me, I'm like, look, you got two healthy, good quarterbacks. Right. This is this shouldn't be a uh, controversy. This should be a blessing. I, you just don't want to get it done? Hell yeah. I just wouldn't want to get down on the road yeah. to anybody before. You know, it's one thing I think we beat. You know, I think we could start. Beck and and beat Southern and Charleston Southern and Tech, but uh, so, maybe Penn, maybe maybe uh, Penn. Don't get ahead of yourself here, bud. I mean, I, Charleston I, Southern, you could start Roddy and we'd win. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, seriously. I mean, they're pretty bad. I think our defense would beat them if we just punted. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Without, without, but at the same time, so what do you do? You don't have anything to kind of prep yourself between here and you know Bama or Auburn, whoever you see, or Texas A and M, whoever it may be. You know, so I I don't know. I, for me, I I think uh, JT's the the better overall quarterback, but the injury is just setting back to where who knows if he'll be ready. You know, you just I think he's gonna have to be a relief pitcher. Hey, well the Braves did it with uh, Tyler Matzik and uh, those guys, and they did a pretty good job in relief. So maybe it can uh, come over to the Georgia side. Penn, we appreciate having you on, man. Uh, Really good banter back and forth, and uh, love having you over at UJSports.com as well. Good to see all three of you guys. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it, and I'm sure I'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah. All right, man. Well, have a good one. Oh, sorry, oh. I kept pinning off. I was hoping he was about to say, hey, he's going to buy me lunch. Yeah, I think that's what it, yeah, that's what it was. That's yeah, what it that's, that's what I was going to make it into. Hold on. He's still here. We can add him back real quick. Hey, Penn, you, you, you were saying something. You were going to buy us lunch. Is that what it was? I, well, I was gonna buy I was gonna buy you guys lunch if you agreed with what we talked about earlier in the season about Bowers being ready to. to oh, Penn, I should not have brought you back. Paul <laughs> All right, Penn, have a good one, Penn. Right. <laughs> no, no. See you guys. Y'all be good, boys. <laughs> See ya. Damn it, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, oh. I mean, this is why you got to make a clean cut with these. I know, uh, man. Get them out and get them out, man. man. God. Speaking of clean, what's up, Trent? Am I only about Braves gear? What's up? Yeah, I had I had to wear the hat today, man. Oh, I got this. Wait, Paul, uh, Paul, you told me when this. I had the Justin Tucker shirt. Look, see, you guys are getting merch faster than me. Yeah. You were like, oh, this I was... get that shirt like a week later. You guys get like three days later. Are you kidding me? No, uh, my wife's best friend went to game four, sat three rows behind the uh, Astros, and she got me this and a uh, T-shirt, a long sleeve, long sleeve T-shirt. So, But I did wear the polo today, uh, Brent, as you can tell. I didn't wear the T-shirt. Just saying. Trent, what's up, man? What's going on? Georgia won today. Did you know that? 
Did they? Yeah, they did. They did 43 to 6. I'm sure y'all are on here bitching about quarterbacks. Uh, not so much. Not so much. I, I, I've I've come to the realization that uh, I think Stetson can be that guy. He looked good today. Should have had four touchdowns. I'm not fully there yet, Roddy. I'm not there. Don't know. Still, and I, I will ask this question to every, everybody. Uh, if you have a two minute drive down four, I, you know I, I think your your opinion changes a little bit. But anyways, uh, overreaction time, Trent. What's up, man? No, I'm, I really I thought I thought Stetson Stetson played well, but I, I, I do think he uh, some some of his passes in the first half very well could have been picked off. I'm not I'm sure y'all have already talked about that, but uh, I know Mark uh, Rosemary Jack State took away uh, basically took one away from the defender on the sideline, yeah. and yes. uh, Brock Bowers. Um, muscled one over the middle that the defender was making a break on. Uh, I think there was some 50-50 balls, but again, you want your receivers to make those plays, and uh, and I thought I did. I thought the, the pass he threw to uh, McIntosh could have been a touchdown if he if he leads them a little better. He kind of threw it behind yeah, him. But, yeah, he had to catch that one-handed, didn't he? Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, but it, but he's putting the, uh, the ball in position for the receiver to make a play, and that's all you can ask, so. And that's a good point. Uh, to me, getting back top wide receivers makes your quarterback look a lot better. You know, we'll go back to yes. some of uh, the things that uh, Ridley did. He made his quarterbacks look better. Javon Wims made his quarterback look better. He made uh, Fromm look like a superstar with those over the shoulder catches in the like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. It's a back shoulder throw. It's a back shoulder throw. It's not a back yeah. shoulder throw. It's an underthrown ball that your yeah, wide receiver that, went and saved that their wins, ass on. Yeah, Paul, Paul, you know what confused me was they made some catches like Burton and McIntosh made, but then when Mitchell would drop passes like that, it was like that was just a weird day to see them drop like easy balls and then make like crazy catches. Eighty yeah, just had an off day. Eighty had an off day for sure. Well, it was forty-two degrees or forty-four degrees. So it's a little cold. Stop the other guys catching them. Yeah, true. But no, I thought we Coach John made a good point on the show. It was like uh, when you have a guy like Jermaine Burton coming back, and this was a guy that you know was supposed to be your next uh, uh, George Pickens until he got hurt. Uh, when he's coming back, and you've got four drops on the sheet, I don't know. I don't know that. Uh, AD had four drops. I mean, it's the way it's listed on the stat sheet, but I, I know two. Well, two of them were thrown behind him. Uh, and he kind of reached back to catch the ball. Well, I know at least one of them was. He reached back, yeah, but to I catch mean, the ball. but there were two that he should have caught. I know, yeah. I mean, hit him in the hand. So, yeah, sure. yeah. when you when you drop those, and they're a couple from Missouri, they dropped a couple that I think number 82 dropped two that just they were killer for them at that point. When you've got a healthy Arian Smith, you've got a healthy Jermaine Burton, you have Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint coming back, you've got those two tight end options. Heck, even uh, Fitzpatrick caught a pass today. You don't, this is not a place because, you know, Penn was talking about, you know, where, where going out there and making a mistake or having a bad day. There's not a lot of time to have a bad day on this team. There's too many guys that want your spot back or want yeah. their spot or want to take yours. So, I uh, hope AD can get over that. I mean, again, everybody has a bad day. I thought, you know, we talked about last week, Stetson had two bad passes on some uh, kind of questionable play calling there. Uh, today he had some he had some bad passes, but he also had some killer ones too, you know, and he had one that came out of there like a cannon shot, you know. Uh, so he's got the arm. Sometimes they're uh, not exactly where you want them to go. Uh, I'll, what he gives you, you know, is uh, enough for you to 
win by 40, will it be enough for you to beat these hypothetical great teams down the line? I don't know. And I mentioned on the show about my three to one call, you need it. You need some of these other teams to lose. Cause I just saw a bottleneck of 13 and 0 or 12 and one teams at the top of the, uh, at the end of the year. Doesn't look like it's going to happen now. Then we just, I mean, that's uh, you need Oregon to lose. That would help, but you know, OSU losing. Uh, they're locked in. Wake Forest just lost. They're the team of destiny yeah, and they're out. Well, see, I didn't even think Wake Forest could knock you out. Cause I don't, I think a one loss uh, SEC runner up, Versus Wake Forest, you know? Yeah. Wake's defense is a joke. I think you could beat that. But to me, when you have the Big Ten, Big 12, you know, and Pac-12 champions all in, and then you get the SEC champion in there, and you're like, okay, we got to pull one of you for a a one-loss SEC runner-up, that's kind of tough. I wasn't worried about the ACC. Well, I think if Oklahoma loses, Roddy, do you think they're out? Because look at where they put them and look at – they they have not beaten a team with a winning record yet, and they've won like five games by one possession. Where did they, they should have lost to West Oklahoma? Virginia? I mean, Oklahoma they loses. Yeah, they're out. But if they don't, they don't have anybody really to. Yeah, they're in. But if yeah. they lose one game, I think one loss Georgia has to end. Well, that's my whole point. You need somebody else to lose to give you that mulligan if needed. Yeah, maybe you go to the SEC championship and you face Texas A&M, Auburn, or Alabama, and you whip their ass, and hey, you're in it. You know, thirteen and zero. But my whole point was. Don't feel like, hey, we an uh, undefeated season, we're automatically in there. Just root. We're used to rooting against other teams. You've always been in a situation for, for yeah. you're like, yeah. hey, Georgia lost to Florida. Well, you can, now you got to hope that Florida loses to South Carolina this weekend and Kentucky beats Missouri and Alabama, you know, Alabama knocks off Tennessee. Georgia fans have done that math for years. Just get back to the old habits and watch some of those other teams and hope that Oregon loses, Ohio State loses, you know, Oklahoma loses, so that you don't – because you've got that uh, Clemson win in your pocket, you know. So now you can go, hey, we don't have to worry too much about the SEC championship. We want to win it, of course, because we're Georgia fans and we you want that title and you want to beat you know, whoever's there. But somebody's breaking into my house. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's kicking in the door over there. But point being, uh, I was just I'm saying I could see a bottleneck there, but – as the season progresses, you know, Georgia's setting themselves up pretty good. Here's something for you guys uh, off the old stat books. So Georgia completed 20 passes today between the two quarterbacks. Nine of those passes were considered big plays. And what are considered big plays, you ask? Plays of 15 yards or more. So nine out of their 20 passes were over 15 yards. You had 15, 35, 47, 31, 23, 16, 17, 37, and 15. So they moved the ball downfield, uh, you know, pretty at a pretty good pace compared to Missouri's big plays. They had three big plays passing for 19, 31 and 28 and only four on the rushing side. That's gains of over 10 plus uh, Georgia on the rushing side in terms of big plays had six. So they broke off those six plays for 110 yards and the rest of the carries. Good. Oh goodness. That's hold on. They had six plays go over 10 yards and it accounted for 110 rushing yards. The whole game, they had 33 rushes for 168. So you, know, you take out the big plays there, and that number drops pretty drastically. But, you know, big plays are still part of the stats. So They had some lost plays today, for sure. They did. They did. You know, for Georgia, though, if you combine the two quarterbacks, they went 20 for 30. Let me pull this. Let me see if I can pull these stats up for uh, everybody so they can take a look at them with us. Let's see. Can you guys see that? Let's see. What if we do it that way? Is that, that better? Or is that better? You Same guys thing. let me know. Same thing? All right. 
So uh, 20 for 30 overall right there for the pass totals for the Georgia passing attack. 337 yards, three touchdowns. You had the one interception get tipped. You know, Roddy, I think you mentioned this in the Watch Long Show. Tipped interceptions off of a DB's head that, you know, bounces this way, bounces that way, and then the quarterback gets hit with that. Yes, it was a bad throw by JT. It was thrown behind him, but damn, man, you give him an interception on that? I mean, I guess you have to, right? I'm with you there. Normally – when a receiver, the ball hits him in the hands, he misses it. Somebody else catches it. I hate that the INT goes to the quarterback. It's just not fair. To me, that that if you could assign an interception to a wide receiver, you know, it's like, okay, this is this is your fault. But then going back and looking at it, when they're watching the replay, seeing how far that ball was behind him, you know, I'm like, okay, that, that, that was that was a bad throw. I hate that it's so far behind him. That... I wanna, again, I, wanna, I say I want to have the same critiques and criticism when you have tip balls, if I say tip balls do not, you know, they're touch at least touch a uh, wide receiver first, you know, then it shouldn't account towards the quarterback. Then I won't bust JT for this one, you know, because it's to me that was just a tip ball, you know. And uh, Stetson has a few of those. Uh, Rom had them. <laughs> Aaron Murray had them. It happens, but I've never liked that uh, that stat going against the QB. I just don't think it's fair. It, it um, almost looked like uh, the. Like JT was expecting the receiver to sit down instead of uh, bend in the way he awesome. threw it. Yeah. So, right. See, that's the- why again, when you don't know what the play is, you don't know what the route is, you don't know what the uh, what the reads are, and we sit here and try to go, well, this guy made the right decision or wrong decision. How about, do we know what the right decision was? Let's just go with what we can see and what we can surmise with best guesses. Let's um. um not, let's not try to mind read from uh, 50 feet away. Leading tackler on the team was Dan Jackson. Came in strong, <laughs> in, that, came in strong in that second half. Had six tackles, all solo tackles, which is kind of a unique stat there. Uh, Dumas Johnson, guys, we don't talk a ton about him because obviously, you know, Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, and Shane Tindall are pretty much locking up that middle linebacker spot. But Dumas Johnson has uh, clearly showed that once those guys move on, they're going to hand over the reins that middle linebacker position to him, and he plays, uh, you know, fairly well for being a true freshman. Tyndall with five, and then uh, it kind of drops off. Everybody's got four, three, and two. In terms of sacks, you had one from uh, Dumas Johnson, one from Trayvon Walker that finished you off with two. Six tackles for loss, uh, two for Trayvon. You had a half for Robert Beal and Bill Norton, which we'll talk about Robert Beal filling in for Adam Anderson here in just a second. Four pass breakups, one by William Poole right there in the red zone late in the fourth quarter to make sure that Missouri did not score that touchdown. Then another one by Lewis, then another one by Brinney, and another by Lassiter. So there's your stats for the day. Hey, presented by you, Charter. Yeah, big time, big hey, time. William Poole, man. Chris Smith and William Poole both. Oh, both yeah. I forgot about, I forgot about Chris, Chris Smith got off a block where he, I mean, he looked so covered up and he gets off his block and makes a tackle on the edge. I was like, wow, that was, he shoved his man to the ground. So happy for William Poole. And I was talking to, uh, I think it was this past Tuesday, we got Chris Smith uh, in the interview on, excuse me, Tuesday, whenever it was, Monday. We actually got to talk to him and, uh, uh, you know, he's really going back to Hapeville and he's, uh, I, He's still being told that he's too small to play football, but uh, when uh, Chris Smith came back last week against Florida, you had to feel a lot better. You hardly saw Dan Jackson last week against Florida, but today he was all over the place. So big game from Dan Jackson, big game from the, the Hall County standout, you know, a guy that nobody knew back in the spring. 
He came on, lit it up today, was everywhere. Uh, they tried to pick on him a little bit, you know, going after the guy that he was covering. He made him pay. He uh, he almost had a touchdown. Almost. Yeah. yeah. He, he That would have been his second touchdown uh, on the year. <laughs> Both would have been uh, punt return. Recovery he didn't, he oh, didn't I mean, Walker murdered an offensive lineman out there today. I mean, oh, that, yeah. was just a, that was just a murder. I mean, he just – Bulldoze that guy in the ground, and then Latavius Brinney almost knocked the guy out on that one pass. Oh, well, the, I think Jackson I think, almost killed a guy too on a block. <laughs> I've seen that the topic, you know, Georgia, which I don't recall other than Lewis seeing getting a targeting call last year. Uh, I don't recall Georgia having a targeting call, uh, they might have, but wait, wait, I jinx him. Yeah, I no, don't no, think they, what I'm saying is I, I don't think I, they I, have this year. I don't think I they watched have. I watched today and Lewis seen the guy caught the guy uh passing the flats and he could have just lit the guy up and he, you saw him like purposely keep his like yeah. eyes up and, and like his face back up and he just kind of drove him out of bounds. I mean he could have killed him. He could like the, the the guy I mean he, he was just so the quarterback kind of set him up for failure, but it's just kind of uh, you see how well coached these guys are. Uh yeah. With like in those scenarios, to to not lower the crown of the helmet. Can we talk about this for a second? Uh, can we talk about this for a second, guys? Gray Goose said uh, Kirby dropped the f bomb on the hot mic. That was great. That was yeah. great. So just to, for you guys, maybe well, if you're watching, what you're was it? it? Throw the throw the f and ball. No, no. So so let's pull. It, I'll pull it back up so you guys know what we're talking about. So Gray Goose, appreciate you bringing that up. I didn't want to touch on this. If you're watching uh, from inside the stadium, obviously you didn't see it, or maybe you just didn't catch it on ESPN. It was when uh, Ad Mitchell was lined up uh, offsides or something like that, and so they panned over to Kirby Man and they put that mic on him, and he goes something about the formations and just dropped it right there and. The, and everybody was just like, oh, they caught that at the perfect time. But to bring up a bigger point on that Grey Goose, Kirby was mad all day about the formations. They were getting formation penalties like crazy today. And it's the ninth game of the year. There was one outro where they're watching Kirby and they're going to commercial and he's yelling in the headset again, what's up with these formation penalties? Like, why are we still doing this right now uh, in the ninth game of the season? It seems to me. You know, that's one thing that Kirby's really upset about. And right, got a lot so. of new guys out there, you know. It's, yep. uh, and, and they came out sloppy. They came out cold. You know, you're, you're the number one team in the nation. You're a 38-and-a-half-point favorite. It's new. Yeah, I don't know it's where the line freezing. You, you come out and you're like, oh, we got this. We're gonna we're just going to mount pound them. And it's tough to be up for that. You know, they practiced really hard, you know, found out that they actually went in uh, shoulder pads and helmets on Monday. They kind of went hard, in, which is normally a walkthrough day is um, – we found out they kind of, which is why you need to watch the catch the watch along show. You learn a lot, you know, when you watch that show. And I think I don't say they just kind of threw their helmets out there expecting to win, but they came out a little slow. And then you know, give Missouri all the credit in the world. They came out attacking. They're like, we got nothing to lose. And they were playing loose. Georgia started playing tight. You saw that until that Arian uh, Smith uh, catch, you know, that long bomb there. Then everybody just kind of relaxed and they played their game. But you know, you have new guys out there, new guys getting into on, onto the field, some stupid penalties that, you know, you shouldn't be – Kirby's right to be mad. You shouldn't be having those this far in. But I think some of it was just a little bit of a – we got this, you know, and yeah. the guys just made some mental errors. Kirby was mad. He's going to chew coaches. He's going to chew players. Uh, he, he's not he, – he did – again, up 37 points, he was still pissed because you can't have those problems, you know. If you, if you accept it now, then you accept it forever. So he's going to push them – not do that anymore 
But I, I, don't I, I worked those parabolic mics on the sideline. One of yeah. my first jobs was you sit down there, you have the headset on, and it's this big dome, and you point it, and whatever you point it at, boy, you can hear clear as day. And uh, they got them. They got them. Guy down, somebody turned on the far side, and they hit him right to it. And the person in the truck said, "Give me audio one, audio two, audio three. Give me that uh, on-field parabolic." And they hit it at the exact wrong time. And sure <laughs> enough, he's like, "Get the f up, line yeah. up!" Woo! He was hot, and it came over so perfectly. Sometimes oh, yeah. there's a lot of crowd noise, and you right, can't right. Say what he said? No, there was no. It was shot on him. Yeah. What were you saying, Trent? No, I, I just thought I, you know, I might already talk about this, but I thought the pass protection was a lot better than the run blocking. I thought they picked up blitz very well today. Now there was times when um, a guy would just get beat, but I thought overall when that when um, Missouri decided to blitz, I thought they picked it up nicely, especially in the first half. Omari oh, Carmichael says he's uh, got a little PTSD about Bama. He was there in Atlanta, but at the same time, Omari said. He's already booked his hotel to Indianapolis, so uh, I don't know. A little, little both sides there, Omari, but I feel you. There's a little PTSD. Uh, do you guys agree with this? I don't agree with this. UGA fans unable to enjoy wins with Stetson Bennett. Enrique in the is you're absolutely right. <laughs> what do no, you I say, mean, Ben? Here's the thing. Uh, this should be the what, best season ever. But we're oh, so yeah. caught up in this damn quarterback yeah. thing. People, people are mad at each other, and the people who want to, like Enrique said, look, just enjoy the win. And those people are like, we're enjoying the win, but we're concerned. Why be so damn concerned? Just enjoy it. And I've realized I woke up this morning. I'm like, this is going to be a blowout game against an SEC opponent. And I'm like, well, if people, no matter what happens today, people are still going to be pissed. And I just don't understand it. Don't worry, the Braves broke the curse for you. <laughs> so. So wait, would you rather be Oklahoma, who barely wins and has the best quarterback in my mind? I think Roddy agrees with me. Maybe maybe that's another thing me and Roddy actually agree with each other on. Um, or would you rather be Georgia, who regardless who the quarterback is, is winning by like thirty or forty points a game? Thank and you. I think you would take that. I don't want to be Oklahoma because their defense is trash. Exactly. Let's see. But we're talking about unless you have a quarterback who can throw it for three hundred yards a game. And I just don't know if that's true. It was true the last two years, but that does not make a that does not mean that's all college football is. I don't know. I think Missouri how many in college football are there, Roddy, this hmm? year that you look at and you say that guy's an elite quarterback? Like in all seriousness, how many are there? I don't think there's that many, really. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So again, there was a, maybe they think there's these juggernauts out there, and I'm like, I don't know. Please, to me, I don't. I'm not sure you. Your juggernaut, Stroud, is, CJ Stroud's elite in a normal year. No, so Bryce Young, uh, Bryce Young, they, Bryce Young would not be elite in a normal year. I mean, like he, he's he's a good quarterback, but he's not the elite that 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 Matt Matt Corral. So Matt Corral, yeah, I, I think he is. He, I do Caleb for sure. Not enough surrounding him. Yeah, Caleb, of, of course. That kid from Pitt is nice, One. but again, like Trent said, not in the normal year. Uh, Malik Willis is nice, but he plays for Liberty, so I mean, it's, he's not doing much over there. But again, not elite in a normal year. Well, like, look at Wake Forest's quarterback. They'll, they'll yeah, put up that's, so that was points. yeah. And, and they're now fifty-five to North Carolina and fifty-six to Army in regulation. Like that's how bad their defense is. 
I mean, I would have yeah, said yeah, Sam Howell cool. before the season started, but yeah, Sam was Sam was. Well, I mean, I would have said DJ. I would have said Spencer before the season. I mean, everybody's you know yeah, but, dropping like flies. But Sam was kind of proven uh, from years yeah, he past. Was. DJ he was. wasn't. Well, you remember when yeah. we were in Vegas? It was like uh, DJ, Sam Howell, uh, Spencer Rattler, J, uh, JT Daniels were all like the one through four on the mm-hmm. Heisman. Uh, early voting. I mean, our early uh, betting list, you know, we could have put money down on any one of those guys. We'd lost it. But point being, well, Paul betted uh, on Stetson. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, you know, you know who really is hating this right now are those people with the NIL deals for all those guys uh, still having to pay those things out to guys sitting on the bench. That's well, tough. Well, That's Quinn, tough. You're, uh, Quinn is uh, he's, he's stacking up Ohio state. Yeah, but I mean, DJ signed the big deals with Dr. Pepper. Have you seen the DJ commercials lately? I haven't. Just saying. Oh, it, it fizzled down. It's, it's flat now. Yeah, well, he just yeah, disappears but... in the commercial. So yeah, well, <laughs> maybe it's true in real life. I don't know. I don't know. How much Jonathan Kilgore? And again, you don't have a elite quarterback at Georgia right now. Uh, maybe maybe JT is that guy. Maybe he is elite. Uh, we know he's one of the smartest QBs out there. People just rave about it. But that front seven that you have, you know, I don't know how much it'll, how much it's going to hurt it to be without Adam Anderson. That is a big, big deal. But the way they play, it is the equivalent of having a Burrow. You know, it's the equivalent of having a Mac Jones. It's the equivalent of having somebody who is an absolute game changer out there. So, Again, maybe everyone's focusing on the quarterback and what's going to happen there when you have a front seven who's just – they affect Here's everything. The, when you have a great running back, everyone talks about the great running back. You know, you have a great wide receiver. It's like nobody can cover this guy. But when you got a front seven to play like they do, that's nuts. Here's I remember watching – Go ahead. I remember Trent. watching Alabama back, you know, 2011 uh, around that time and just talking about how small the windows were passing against their defense and – you see that similarity now. There's just every pass that even Missouri completed today, they're all contested. Like it's it's like it's very small windows. So I mean, it, it's going to be hard, especially with Georgia running so much zone and so much, uh, uh, you know, creating pressure uh, and bringing different guys from different locations, dropping Trayvon Walker into coverage and and batting, uh, you know, deflecting passes. Uh, it's 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 just hard defense to overcome. They're just, they're just very sound and and don't make many mistakes. Well, according to what we see, Kirby will tell you so wrong. But well, you Paul, think? Paul, you know what I love about the defense though, and Brent Rollins summed this up perfectly. They play team defense. That's why you don't see like the numbers. Like people would think, uh, even before Adam Anderson has this allegations about him, you would think he would have like ten sacks given his draft projection and what he had coming to the year. It doesn't matter that he has five sacks. They're not on the field that much. So that's why they can't get the numbers, and they just rally to the football. It's like one game like against Arkansas. Devontae Wyatt was the best defensive player on the field. Against Florida, Nicobe Dean was the best defensive player on the field. Clemson, I mean, that game it was everybody. So I, I look at it as they play such great team defense, and they're not individuals. Like when we watch Michigan, it's Hutchinson. He dominates. What do the rest do? So it, that's individual. This team is team defense, and those team defenses win. Like, you look at 2011 Alabama, their best players who were in the NFL were Mosley and Hightower. I mean, the rest of them, they weren't really that much NFL players that that did great because they just played great team defense, and that's why they won. And that's what's special about this defense. They don't care about individual stats. They just care about dominating and winning. I What I wanted to talk about, though, and, and to shift it a little bit, it's still the same. 
Do you think Missouri gave other coaches, maybe Tennessee or or whoever they're going to play in this championship game or college football coaches, playoff coaches, uh, kind of a blueprint on how to go against Georgia's offense because they shut down the run pretty heavily. And it seemed to me like Drinkwitz was like, look, you're going to have to pass the ball with Stetson to beat us. We're terrible at, ru- we're terrible at rush defense, but we're damn it. We're going to put eight in the box. We're going to make you throw it. Do you think this tape can be used against George in any way? in that f- kind of fashion, I guess. I, I think that would have been a good game plan before you got Jermaine Burton and Aaron Smith back that they kind of proved today that they can win those one-on-one battles. And uh, I think that, kind of hinders that defense a little bit, just the fact that they can make those plays. Uh, everybody's going to stack the box, I think. Everybody's going to make uh, Stetson beat them, but um, uh, as long as Stetson's the quarterback. But as, uh, when you get Jermaine Burton and Rosemary Jackson and Arian Smith healthy like they were today, uh, they make you know they can, they can make those one-on-one plays. I want to uh, touch on that. To me, you have a better chance of bringing JT Daniels back if you get a healthy George Pickens, if you have a healthy Arian Smith, if you have a healthy uh, uh, Jermaine Burton, you know, Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint, that he is a drop back pocket pass, you know, pocket passer. He's not mobile, but you give him the tools. Again, you surround him with guys like that. Then maybe you switch to that type of offense. You know, again, pass protection be damned. You know, that's a guy who can get it out fast as we've seen. But you give him some of those guys who can get upfield and get open, a guy who can pick you apart like that, then maybe this is a team that needs to go with that. But for what you have now when you're throwing to A.D. Mitchell, who, I mean, we weren't talking about him until spring, you're uh, you're throwing to uh, Lad McConkey, a guy who uh, – Nobody was talking about at all. Period. Nobody was talking about at all. <laughs> Most people didn't know who he was on the team. Yeah. You're having to throw to tight ends. You're having to throw to running backs and guys like that. You need your uh, – you're having pass pro issues. You need to have a mo- – uh, I'm going to say a running quarterback, but a mobile quarterback, then maybe that's why you need a Stetson Bennett in there. But when these guys get healthy and come back, and remember, everyone wants to point out how great uh, JT did at the end of last year. Yeah, but who else did he have? He also had George Pickens back there. So, you know, getting George Pickens back is huge. This is a first-round draft pick, you know, and if he comes back, the combination that JT and he had and that timing and stuff like that, then maybe maybe you make a switch then, but – Right now, I think with the, you know, as long as you're still starting uh, Lad McConkey and A.D. Mitchell, maybe you keep starting Stetson Bennett. But when you get back and teams want to load up the box and dare you to throw it, and as Trent points out, with these guys coming back healthy, okay, go ahead and slit your own throat. You saw – you, Paul, you just went down the list of big pass plays they hit. Yeah. Those pass plays are great. Oh, Curious Jackson, Curious Jackson being healthy, you saw what he did to uh, Florida. He had a huge game today, all over the place, blocking, catching. Yeah, the, the rush too. So I just that, that's that's my only concern is you know Missouri put a little bit of tape out there, even with them being god awful defensively. Yeah. Previous, they put a little tape out there to show, hey, if you want to stop Stetson, really load that box and get these running backs. Like I said, yeah, but Zeus you stopped nine, the run. You didn't stop Stetson. Of course, I'm not saying you did. I'm yeah. not saying. Yeah, I'm but, just saying Zeus nine for fourteen, Cook nine for forty one. They were able to effectively stop the run, and they they kept, you know. Yeah. Then Georgia had to switch over and start airing it out a little bit more, and they did that, and they yeah. won like that. They, they, had, they had so this many. Is something guys I wanted to bring up real quick was you talked about is it a blueprint for teams? Well, there's one thing I've looked at. And I think Roddy's told me this too. There's there's a lot of teams that it's like who's elite this year. Like I'm looking at the current scores. Navy is is in a dogfight with Notre Dame. 
Um, A&M, Auburn is 3-3. You got Cincinnati's barely beating Tulsa. Michigan State's getting beat down by Purdue. Like, there aren't that many elite teams that I look at and say who, even if they had the blueprint, could do it outside of Alabama, maybe Ohio State, who I think Ohio State today, you know, they, they've struggled against any team. Like, I think Nebraska's better than their record. They've struggled with every solid team they've played. So, like, who has the blueprint outside of Alabama to even implement and actually beat Georgia? Jed May, you look cold, my friend. I am cold. I'm a <laughs> very, okay? I'm a very warm-blooded person, and it is yeah. very cold. I'm cold <laughs> do, do they have yesterday. the? Do they yeah, have I'm the space heaters going on uh, in uh, the press box? They, they did. I think they turned them off now. Yeah, of I course. Yeah, they went. They I was sitting inside, there. but there's less, yeah. less people out here, so. I Jed, see, I can't see many people hanging out. See me hanging out with you guys, so I came outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, you don't want to ruin so, your street cred inside yeah, there. Exactly. Sure. Uh, Jed, were you able to go to Kirby's press conference? I wish I was able to pull it up on Zoom. I <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did he? Uh, what did he have to say? Uh, he kind of said um, it, it was weird. A lot of the players seemed almost like sad with how they played. Like they were very. Not disappointed, but just they, they knew they didn't necessarily play their best game, which is funny when they won 43-6. to six. Um, You know, defensively, there was some sloppiness. They mentioned the quarterback run game, which I'm going to have a story on later. Um, you know, some misassignments. You mentioned, you know, the offense didn't really get things going um, until, you know, late in that first quarter. But, you know, again, it, it's one of those things, Georgia, it, it's still – can you can we really say Georgia's played a complete game this year and, you know, they're, they're slapping teams down every week, so – you know, same old story, different week, I guess. What did Kirby have anything to say uh, that caught your eye, and you know, and or caught your ear rather? Not your eye. Uh, trying to think. I mean, not really. Just the overall, I guess, just attitude of how. You know, he said he felt the team was very sloppy. He felt the players think it was a very sloppy, or not very sloppy, but especially at the beginning, it was a pretty sloppy performance. Um, and you know, just the general attitude of we're still not where we need to be, and. You know, there's a lot to get better, especially going up to Knoxville next week. So, what did yeah. he have to say about the quarterbacks? I know that was asked. You know, it's weird. Actually, no one asked about the quarterbacks. I, You've got to be um, shitting me. There's no. Ch- no I was going to say no, what? No. Um, <laughs> what? You know, it was. It was. He felt JT Daniels did a really good job. Someone asked him what they thought of JT Daniels, and he first thing he mentioned was the job he was doing on the sideline. You know, calling out checks and coverages and all that kind of stuff, which you know gives him confidence. And then you know, he felt he had a good good control of the offense when he came in the game. The pick was, you know, he called it unfortunate. I call it, you know, he should have maybe thrown behind the receiver in the first place, but whatever. Um, shouldn't have been picked, probably. Shouldn't have been tipped up in the air. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's more of the same thing. It's going to be, you know, determined in practice, all that sort of, you know, coach speak stuff he throws out there every week. So, who starts against Tennessee? I don't know. Probably Stetson again, if I had to guess. But, I mean, who knows? Yeah. Trent, Ben, you got anything for our man Jed here? He's, he's sitting out in the cold for us uh, out there. It's in so San stupid because, like, in the grand scheme of things, it's not cold at all. But I'm just—it's a little cold, man. It's like the first I'm, cold of the winter. You know, your, your body's getting prepped for it. Jed is what it's. But happening. I mean, it's probably like 55 degrees out here, and I'm acting like it's it's freezing. <laughs> you're it's lucky it's really went, not. But you're lucky it wasn't a night game. I went yeah. to a high school night game last night. That sucked enough. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see Lost and Lucky get targeted. Five times four, which were on the last drive. That was fun. Uh, that's yeah. tough. That's rough. And then you had to be back over in uh, in Athens at what, like eight o'clock to park your car? So yeah, you I got here. Get... What time did I get? Parked at like nine. 
It's a tough yeah, full-time job you got, Jed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> terrible. Writing about sports, man, it really sucks. It, it really yeah. kind of blows. Yeah. You know, pray for Jed. Hashtag pray for Jed and his job, man. I'll drop a GoFundMe link in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if anyone wants hey, to donate. At least it's only really uh, the time changes not. so. Yeah, that's oh, true. Oh, is it really? Uh, yeah, we're getting an extra hour of sleep tonight. Oh, goodness. There you go, so, Jed. Get an extra hour of sleep. Get an extra hour. I can... I got an extra hour before I got to longer. watch Joe Burrow carve out the Browns tomorrow. So, you know, it's good stuff. What do you guys get? What do you guys got for Jed before we let him go, man? I don't. You don't have anything for Jed? What about you, Ben? Ben, 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 ask Jed a question. What is that shirt you have on? <laughs> uh, it's the Ravens. It's Jed's favorite team. It's true. What? The fighting words right there. No, that's I, I was going to bring up to him that I think they play on. I think the Ravens and Browns play on Sunday night football. I think I'm going to that game. It's probably going to be snowing. That's why I'm like, dude, I, I I've sat through snow games like every day. Like, come on, you like Roddy told me he's like, if it's 50 degrees out, it's too cold. Like, it is. I mean, that's what, absolutely like, true. Yeah, I mean, that's 100. I mean, are people true. from the south really that pissed off about cold weather? Like, seriously, yeah. you guys can't. Do you like, you go sit in a football stadium in the snow and get snowed on and watch a game? When you live in Maryland, we've had 105-degree summers and below-freezing winters, so I could deal with any te- weather right here. It's like the, why, why would you voluntarily pay money to go get snowed on to watch a football game? You know, like like Ravens fans, because, I mean, it's so passionate up here with football because we had the oh, yeah, elite yeah, quarterback yeah, yeah, of all yeah, time, yeah. Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah, passionate football is in Baltimore, Maryland, folks. You heard it here first. Not It, it is. We, we sell it every stadium, like every game. I have I have two comments before I go. One, I was two points off on my score prediction. I had forty-five to six, and it ended up forty-three to six. So um, the last two home games, I'm a total of three points off. So I'm very proud of that. Secondly, I had a thought on Stetson Bennett. So I'll I want to see what you guys think about this because people are saying you know the the Jermaine Burton pass in particular, like the guy makes play, whatever, and that pass was underthrown. Like it was easy to see from up here just how Jermaine Burton had to step on the guy. But like I feel like credit like i feel like at some point whether it's underthrown overthrown or not like quarterbacks just need to throw the ball up and let their guys their skill guys try to make plays sometimes like does stetson get credit just for that decision to let those guys go make a play or is it you know purely whether it hits him and try it like i had that thought earlier what do you guys think trent you're the qb guru there's nothing guru about this, but uh, <laughs> I still think Stetson's main problem is he holds on the ball too long. Uh, on the on the pass to Jermaine Burton, it's like he it's like it took him forever to pass the ball, and then it is ten yards short. And you know Burton made a good play to come back on the ball, but it was severely underthrown. I just feel like he holds on to the ball. It's not it's not an arm issue. It's not a, a he's got plenty of arm. Uh, he's got, uh, but he's it, just. He doesn't get it out soon enough, and I think that's the his issue. On issues wouldn't be apparent if he if he threw the ball on time. Basically, is what you're saying. No, I, I think it, throwing the ball, uh, underthrowing it, is a lot better than overthrowing it. I'd say because at least mm-hmm. you give your, uh, your your guy a chance. But I just think he, if he would get it out on time, I think it's more of a timing issue than it is a arm strength issue. Um, yeah, but I, I, I do think. Uh, he misses some throws, like, like what you're. If you hit, if you hit uh, Kenny McIntosh in stride, um, yeah, if you hit, if you if you hit some of these guys in stride, then we're we're talking about total different explosiveness. I mean, you, you're talking about explosive plays. Yeah, those are explosive plays, 
but they're also misplays because it, it, you hit the guy. Yes, he gets 20 yards, but that, that should be a touchdown. He's open for a touchdown, and you're missing that opportunity to be even more explosive, to get those explosive touchdowns. So, uh, I mean, it's uh, I, th- I think every single uh, one of Georgia quarterbacks could complete some of these passes. It's not just but, – but I also think Stetson's making some plays with his legs. I think he's making some checks at the line. Um and I, I, it's 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 hard to it's hard to evaluate. It is it is because I, I think JT is a better passer, especially downfield. I think he uh, gets the ball out quicker. I think he's just more uh, decisive with the football, but he also loses the athletic ability. So, before you sign off, Jed, two rushes for ten yards for Stetson Bennett. So maybe his legs aren't that uh, big of a deal. I don't know. Anyways, I will say the one the one play Trent you were just talking about, like the play. The second near touchdown for Burton, where he said, you know, scrambled, scrambled, kind of drifted to his right and then threw back kind of across his body a little and, and Jermaine got knocked down to one. Does JT Daniels make that play? Like, I don't know, but that's something I guess Stetson very feels, really feels comfortable doing. I guess throwing on the run and stuff. Like yeah, that. I think I was talking about the, the first one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, one. yeah. But I was just thinking you were talking about mobility and all that kind of stuff. And that play yeah. kind, of, kind of popped up. So, anyway, fellas, good show. Do good things. I'll hey, see y'all Jay. later if I don't freeze to death. Yeah, man, don't freeze to death. Rumors versus facts tomorrow, guys. Jed will be on there playing Gilmore. Nah, and, uh, it's Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. Whatever. Same thing. Uh, we got football tomorrow to watch NFL. Good luck. Spoken with like someone tomorrow, who Jed. doesn't watch doesn't watch our show. <laughs> <laughs> see you, Jed. All right. See you guys later. Are right, you watching the Falcons tomorrow, Paul? Uh, am I? Uh, probably not. I don't even know who they're playing. To be honest with you, Saints, right? <laughs> Roddy, you turned ninety years old today. I am ninety. Feel like yeah. it. My liver Nine feels like it. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I don't want to hear Jed get on there and whine and bitch and moan about being out in the cold. So I, I ducked. No, Ronnie, Ronnie, me and you had a phone call one time when you said, oh, I can't, my blood pressure or something like that. I can't be out in the cold. You were the one who said you can't deal with the cold weather to me. Yeah, Dude, it's well, cold, man. But I, I, I'm almost, uh, what, I'm almost 50. I'm old. <laughs> I'm an old man. I can complain about the cold weather. Jed's like 13. He and doesn't he's shaved yet. He doesn't get to complain. If Jed's 13, first. then Ben's 12. No, no, no. Paul had me at like five last week. Yeah, yeah. At least. Hey, uh, so somebody did give you a shout-out in the chat, Ben, and I want to give it to you because you don't get very many in the chat. Most of them are like, get this guy off the show, you know, somebody please don't oh, really? back. Uh, somebody did give you credit for your prediction for the uh, spread. So congratulations on that. I, I, I reamed you for saying it was going to be a 40 point spread and you're pretty close. So uh, congrats on that. I still have your, uh, your list here. Oh man. I just ripped off uh, my, my desk there uh, for you, Ben. Dang. That's going to, man, that stinks. I still got your list here, Ben best DB class ever at UGA. Uh, all your guys signing. So uh, Jaheim Singletary come, Kamari Wilson, you said they were going to sign Ernest Green and flip either Bowie or Humphrey. So I uh, just want to let you know I still got this for you. I'm going to sign it and send it to you if it, it all comes uh, to fruition. Around the league, though, Ohio State 26-17 over Nebraska. So they stay in the playoff hunt. Wake Forest goes down 58-55 to UNC. Not a lot of other big games going on. Notre Dame 17-3 right now. Penn State 7-6 over Maryland. Uh, Baylor 14-13 over TCU at the half. Oklahoma State 10-3 over West Virginia at the half. Halftime of Auburn, Texas A&M, folks. It's a shootout, 3-3. 3-3. Wait, 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 wait. 3-3? 3-3. Three three. 
Three to three. Trace. I thought, hey, Trace. I thought you can't win games with defense. Uh, looks like neither one of these teams wants to win the game right now. So uh, Michigan State, old Mel Tucker right now, 21 nothing with 11 seconds left down to Purdue. I mean, 21 14. Yeah, what, yeah, whatever. Same thing. There's only a couple touchdowns wrong. Uh, 14. <laughs> I'm looking at all these scores right here. My, I'm trying to get I back. I can't to read. Uh, Cincinnati's only up two right now, 14 to 12 against Tulsa at halftime. Georgia doesn't have to worry about them when it comes to the playoff. They're not going to put them in. They're not going to put them in. And then later on tonight, you've got the Alabama-LSU game. Alabama favored by 28 and a half against LSU. It might be one of the bigger spreads in that yeah. game's history. They're you miss Arkansas and Mississippi State. Arkansas is up 10 nothing. Well, they aren't on my little list of games here I'm looking at. Huh? Do you think Bama covers that? Would not shock me. They're there. Probably. They're starting yeah. to click on offense now. Michi is just tearing it up. And I don't know that LSU could stop them. I think yeah. it'll be close. That's why I would not want to bet that. No, that I mean, it's going to be a close one. Me, in terms of the spread. Where's the game I, at? I think more, more money's been lost in the Alabama game than any game in SEC history. It's just, it's such a wild ride yeah, yeah. in that one. Nobody knows what else is going to happen. But I, I think Alabama's kind of rounding into form. They're kind of getting their offense back. You know, defense has been. Uh, suspect, but I mean, remember, Florida went toe to toe with Alabama and almost beat them, you know. And then Georgia just knocked the brakes off of uh, Florida. You know, I'm not going to the transit property, I'm just saying that's kind of what's happening. But I don't think that if Florida and Alabama played right now, you'd see the same thing. I think Alabama's getting better, you know. And I was kind of hoping that Auburn would be able to go out and you know, knock them off. And I think Georgia roll Auburn in the SEC championship game, but. Uh, I think it's you're starting, going to see Alabama yeah. in that yeah, it's starting. Yeah, it's you starting never know what Bo Nix you're going to get. Hey, but you got to get the you got to get the Bo. What was the last time get... Alabama won Jordan Hare? I wish we had Dave on. He would probably. Know. I don't know. Yeah, but you got to. Man, the man's working the game. You have to get Auburn past Texas A&M first to even make that a reality. So yeah. Well, here's the deal though: if Auburn beats Alabama. No matter what happens today, it would then be what? What would it be? It would be A and M. But I feel like A and M's got to play Ole Miss. And LSU and I just AM is just a weird team. They they could lose any week, but whenever no, it wouldn't it wouldn't be AM six and two. They're two losses. Who they lose to? Bama uh, would have two SEC losses. It wouldn't AM would oh, have the tiebreaker. And, yeah, and AM would have a tiebreaker because they beat Bama. You're right. So there go there so we go. Saying, so it could be it could be Auburn, it could be Texas AM. That's yeah. why I'm saying it's not a done deal. But my uh I'm just looking at that first half stat. Uh, Texas A&M 0-6 on third down conversions against Auburn. Mm. Mm. 0 mm. for 6. Uh, and for you guys, last game of the night, really, uh, if you want to watch Oregon, who you might see in the college football playoff, you don't have to stay up so late tonight. It's a 7.30 kick over there, Oregon versus Washington. So if that you want to watch a, the Ducks. Brutal. Those two teams hate each other. The yeah. last time Alabama won in Auburn was 2015. So it's been a little while. So Six let's years. see, Damn. 17, 19. Yeah, so they've lost two games in a row over in uh, over there. And, yep. Chat's, chat's asking, uh, Gray Goose asked, Kentucky versus Tennessee, who you got tonight? I think Tennessee's terrible on defense. I think so Kentucky will, will, will beat them with the run game. Beat Kentucky by touchdown. Kentucky by touchdown? Game. Roddy, who you got? What's? I'm sorry, I was reading uh, Fred's question here about uh, – Mississippi State in the top 25, but Arkansas not. Uh, well, 
Arkansas lost like three out of four games since they played Georgia. Yeah, yeah, they've kind of fallen off ever since their miraculous uh, top ten matchup against Georgia. They haven't done so hot. Mississippi State, though, if you go back and look at Mississippi State and like their losses and stuff like that, they're a pretty good team. They just had some balls not go their way. I wonder what Leach would have to say about it. They have the most wins, I think, among the current top 25 is Mississippi State, but they also have some of the worst losses. Like they lost to Memphis, yet they beat three teams that are currently ranked, NC State and two other ones. So that's just a weird team to have to put in. I've come to the conclusion that the ACC is just got awful. I mean, like there's not one good team in the ACC. You're right. Not one. This year, no. No, no, yeah, no. That, like every game you see, it's like 50 to – I mean, I, I was – I was looking at Georgia Tech Miami on my phone earlier, and it was like 31 20. I don't know who won. Why? I was going to say, who won? Yeah, who won that? Let's see. Miami won. I was trying to see if Manny Diaz was going to be fired after this game. Oh, Miami won 33 30. Georgia Tech now falls to three and six. Three and six for the old uh, trade well, school up there. They're not going to be bowl eligible. I think the Big 12 has got awful too, because you look at Baylor's losing to TCU, is a terrible team. They just let go Gary Patterson. Yeah, they just let go of Gary Patterson. Yeah. And I thought Baylor had a chance to beat Oklahoma. I mean, who knows there, how Oklahoma's playing, so I don't know. Like, who will yeah. Gary Patterson he, – he'll be a head coach again. Um, I, let's start the Gary Patterson LSU rumors right now. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> you think so? I don't know. Uh, that's, that's funny or, you bring that up because Greg – Well, the one Georgia fans are where Lanning's going. Or, or does uh, – <laughs> Does Kiffin go to LSU and um, maybe he takes over at Ole Miss? Oh, that no, nah, no. Nah. Where's 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 Dan Lanning? Dan Lanning, Lanning would be a good candidate in in the Mississippi's. I would yeah. say Nebraska or Virginia Tech if they come open would make the most sense. He's not no, getting one to take Ole Miss. Dan if Lanning came is- open if Michigan State came open. I don't see him taking one of the Texas jobs. They're not. They're they're already like. These both Texas Tech and TCU said they want an offensive coach, so I don't see that. Uh, he he can do much better than those. Dan Lanning is def. I think yeah. last year he was a high group of five coach, low power five coach. I think this year he's gonna have he's gonna be the hottest name on the market. No? He, he's gonna be Kirby Smart. Yeah, I go with Virginia Tech. Well, if Virginia Tech is a shit not? storm. He, he I don't think it's a chance. Storm. I think he, he can win there. I, their fan base is as good as any. In, in college football, no, they, they they have a great fan base. They are lights out, love them. But he could do better. And again, yeah. I'm not saying he needs to. I mean, they're going to throw kitchen sink at him. He's going to he's he'll probably be a six you know six and a half million dollar head coach wherever he goes. Somebody's going to throw you know a ton of money at him because of his pedigree and what he's done and the potential. Um, and that you know he's going to come in and kind of the average side of the market, just like Kirby did. Kirby came in at the average side, you know, three million, <clears throat> bumped it up. But I think that Dan Landing is going to be one of the guys for the highest caliber job out there. I'm sure LSU would probably you know peek it over, see what he's doing, you know, in, in any of the major. You think USC would check look him out? out. But, I mean, no. hell, he's already had coach. He's already been offered a couple of jobs, or at least you know I don't remember Memphis went hard after him, so. Um, yeah, Kansas went after him. Kansas, yeah, I mean, I don't see USC or LSU, Paul. I do not see those two. So, so you Texas, have to be like Tech, Texas Tech needs offense coach. I heard Urban. Uh, Urban I heard uh, Dan. <laughs> Dan, uh, Mr. Dan, you know, Dan Lane to be the offensive coordinator. What? No, I'm talking about uh, Mr. Dan down, down south. Oh, Mullen. 
No, Mullen's got one more year. I think we decided next year, right? He's got one more next year. year. Well, yeah. eventually, is Miami going to fire Diaz? Because he's been winning the last three weeks. Ooh, see now that that would be that for Dan Lanning to go down to Miami. That would be they, here's the thing: they don't invest in their football program anymore. I feel they, like they do not. No, it's they don't even have a their horrible fan base. Come at me, Miami Twitter. I oh, it is. Have you seen Hard Rock Stadium when they played Appalachian State? Yeah, that was embarrassing. Like it was only twenty five percent of the stands are filled. Build, they're they're building a new stadium for them though on campus, aren't they? I want to say that like that's the new they're 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 talking about doing that. Was looking to seat seventeen people. <laughs> uh, here's a question: If Lanning goes, does uh, Schumann go with him? No, I don't think so. You well, maybe be his defensive coordinator, but no, yeah. uh, Schumann knows this. Schumann will be. I mean, he's already the co-defensive coordinator here. So it would be a lateral move to go be defensive coordinator somewhere else. So Schumann just sticks around, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's going to be a, uh, a G5 coach or a low P5 coach. But if he stays here and is the DC for a couple of years or a year or two, and they keep putting out these number one defenses, then all of a sudden, Glenn Schumann is the hot name out there. So, well, and they would probably with, just bump you, up Muschamp, right? I was going to say, what do you do with uh, Muschamp? You think he's going to bump him up? Hey, you let Muschamp stay where he's at. He's doing a good job. No, Muschamp will be a head coach somewhere. So, so what we're saying is, guys, enjoy this because it sounds like the coaching turnover, and it's it's always good, right? It, at Alabama, I would guess to imagine that half of their fans don't know who half the coaches are each year until the first game of the season because their coaching turnover is so good because they win games and they get their coaches, you know, taken from them or their guys take bigger jobs. Might be the year that this happens. Uh, I mean, when you, when you got guys like when you got guys like Buster Faulkner sitting as a yeah. analyst, you, you're you got a good staff. Yeah, I mean, you got guys waiting in the wings. So well, you had Jay Johnson as a uh, analyst. Yeah, and now he's a yeah. isn't did he go with he went with Mel Tucker? Tucker. Yeah, yeah, oh, he did. And he, I mean, Jay Johnson, one of the best offensive minds I've ever seen. You know, and that guy's he's a killer at, but he's an analyst here. But I think you you was it, somebody pointed out to me that all of Nick Saban's 2017 coaches were gone by like 2020 or 2021 when they excuse me 2020 when they won the title. Like yeah. no, not every coach had moved on and been hired away, and he still won it. You know, with uh, new coaches. So you're starting to look at Kirby Smart's tree. I mean, he could meet he could meet Mel Tucker in the playoffs. He's already coached against uh, Sam Pittman. You know, it, would, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if in two years he's facing uh, Dan Lanning across the field, you know, or, hell, Todd Munkin across the field. Although uh, Todd Munkin's going to have multiple offers because he's not only going to get head coaching offers, he's going to get NFL offers too. So, uh, and just like you – know, but here's the thing, you reload. I mean, well, then you don't feel a die. Who'd heard of I don't see Munkin being a head coach. I just don't see him being a head coach. At his age, I don't think he wants to recruit. I don't see teams offering him to be a head coach. NFL, OC, money, I see that. Year, dude. I think it's a better – I think he is um, – I see it's more likely that he gets an OC job in the NFL than he does to be a like a group of five head coach or something like that. Hey, you know who will be available, though, next year if Lanning leaves? Right here, Trey Robertson, Todd Grantham. <laughs> bring him, bring him <laughs> home. You were banned from the show. Bring from Willie Martinez. Bring him home. Do we have a ban button? Bring home the Todd you know, Grantham. Trent brought up Gary Patterson. Do you really think he gets a head coaching job right away? Does he become a defensive analyst yes. for a no, year? Gary Patterson would 
took TCU to the freaking Rose Bowl and is like a 75% win percentage coach. Yeah, he just had a couple off years. Yeah, he's going to get a head coaching gig for sure. Do you think this offseason or do you think he waits a year? Uh, he might go like the Fox route and do a little analyst for a year and then step back into it. I don't know. Yeah, because that, that that's the only thing with him. I think he might wait a year just speculating. I may not realize – I didn't realize how dumb one of our commenters is. Oh, yeah, he doesn't like you at all, Roddy. No, I don't mind that. It's just he's just stupid. I don't mind you not disliking <laughs> me, but, dude, don't be don't be such a dumbass. Yeah, he, he does not like you at all. We won't name names, but he does not like you. Yeah, his name's Joe. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm wondering, like, hey, he's, he's probably right, but I don't see, uh, I don't think the Muschamp's going to be the DC. I think Muschamp's going to get uh, better offers. I mean, he could stick around, he might do it for a year or two, but because he's got his family here, he's bought a house and such. But you know, his uh, son's on the team, but I could definitely see, uh, Will Muschamp has too much knowledge and is too good a recruiter to not be a head coach somewhere, so. Yeah, maybe not uh, SEC again, but uh, that's guy who's going to also have a ton of offers as well. <laughs> and Joe butts back over. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Oh, Joe, a bunch of people are watching on YouTube, man. You're watching on Facebook. Come over to YouTube and hang out with us. There's more yeah. comments. You're not talking to yourself. Through the thousands over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, overall, though, guys, like final thoughts. We'll kind of wrap it up here. We've got, you know, let's say 10 minutes left. Looking ahead, 43-6 to six against Missouri. We kind of all saw this coming according to our score predictions. You've got Tennessee. Oh, who's closest? I think Jed was, wasn't he? Yeah, Jed was. Yeah. Two points off. God. He took his victory lap when you were gone. Yeah, yeah see, I, that's I, why I didn't I want to be on with him. I didn't want to hear his crap. I had, I had 42. I had 42 nothing. But I had I had 55-9. The nine spot was almost there. There's a lot of people sweating this game right there at the end. Uh, when George was in the red zone, they kicked the field goal instead, got a 37. A lot of people took a lot of people took Missouri with such a high spread, and they got lucky because Georgia almost covered that thing. Uh, let's see here. Oh, hey, we're not going to miss this one, Omari. We're not going to miss this one, man. 9-0 versus Joe. I'll take 9-0. Hey, Omar, we appreciate you with your super chats, man. Guys, you can uh, also do some super chats and make sure they get on the screen. We like to chat with you guys as much as possible. You can also call in like Penhurst did earlier uh, and give us a call or just keep uh, talking to us over here in the chat. But we appreciate you, Amari. He's taking you 9-0. I'm not trying to put it up there again. There we go. Looking forward, though, guys, Tennessee spread. What's the spread? 22 and a half. Trent motioned upwards. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be close to 26. Uh, I, I just, you know, you, you, you've seen the spreads. They, they've always been inflated with, with Georgia this year. And they, and they've been close to being right on. I mean, every single one of them, you missed it by one or two points every single time. So I'd say it's closer to 26. Roddy, what say you? They're going to expect Georgia to win by at least three touchdowns and a field goal. They're not going to set it at 24, so I'll say 24 and a half. Yeah, I think – It'll be something weird. It'll come out and be like 31, you know, or yeah. 18. 24 and a half. Every, every spread has surprised the hell out of me, so I don't know. I'm going to go 27 and a half. I'm going to go 27 and a half here. Depends on what they do against Kentucky tonight, but I'm going 27 and a half. Well, I'm going lowest this week. Yeah, you I'm are going, going lowest this week. Yeah, and 
I think we're all close though. I think it's going to be in that, in that range, 22 to 27, somewhere around there. And then after that, you know, Charleston Southern and good old Georgia Tech. Will that even be on the – will there even be a spread for that? Uh, probably not. Probably not, honestly. they Once they start getting up – hell, once they start getting up close to 40, they take the spreads off, and Georgia was yeah. still on with Missouri. So I doubt there will be a spread for that one. So final thoughts, guys, before we move on for the post-game overreaction show. Uh, ben, we'll start with you. I'll just say Georgia still, they're, they're just a dominant team. And I think Missouri is terrible. And that's what the results showed today. <laughs> Trent. I, I just, I just continue to like, I, I know the offense started slow. I like to continue, I continue to like, even it, with the defense missing so many guys. I mean, they missed Breeny some today. Uh, I don't know what his injury was. He went, he went out and board came in. He had his knee wrapped. Uh, it looked like, um, but uh, I just like how they continue to play with a chip on their shoulder. And as long as they're playing with that chip on their shoulder, it kind of takes you back to uh, – and I think they're better than the uh, 17, 18, whatever uh, defense. But, uh, you know, they, they just seem to, to come out and, and play with a chip on their shoulder each and every week that they're not going to get in their end zone. And, and as long as they're doing that, as long as they're playing with that intensity, it's gonna be, they're going to be hard to beat. Um, just in these last four games – or three games especially, um, we'll, we'll see when we get the SB Championship. But – they're playing well, and the quarterback play. Uh, we can continue to talk about that for the next month. So, Ronnie, let's talk quarterbacks. No, <laughs> no hey, you got two good quarterbacks. Uh, instead of worrying about who's the starter, who's all that, you got two good ones. And if uh, if they're both healthy, then you got two options. You know, if you want to start JT and he's too rusty or he's not, you know, or you need to. Keep a defense honest, you know, you can bring in Stetson or vice versa, you know, which is not a, a situation you had before. Everyone's locked into this prison of two ideas where it can only be one or the other. Don't worry about it. You know, just you got you, you have options there. So uh and again, you saw that beat Georgia in the title game, you know, bringing in the second quarterback or different quarterback. So Maybe uh, this is maybe there's some re sweet revenge there, some sweet karma. I mean, get back to him, but stop worrying so much about the quarterbacks and enjoy the ride. You're nine and zero. If you're ten and zero, next week you'll have beaten everybody. You'll have an uh, undefeated SEC slate, you know, and then you get to take on uh, a, a, an easy team, and then your arch nemesis, or your arch rival, I should say, in Georgia Tech. You, I said before going into the Florida game, I said if they limited Florida to three or less explosive plays, they'd finish the season undefeated. They shut down Florida pretty handily. It looks like they're going to go undefeated, and we can worry about the SEC title game. Hopefully another team loses, and you don't even have to worry about the SEC title game. You start talking about where you're going to, where you're going to be in the playoffs, you know. So uh, this is a great season. Stop pulling your hair out like I do and uh, enjoy it because it's uh, – these are golden days, my friends, and we should treat them as such. I think the biggest thing for me was that big stop at the fourth down. In the last, you know, second team defense out there, I really think that that is something that you can build on moving forward, momentum wise. Like I said, to open up the show, you would have loved to have seen the first stringers out there, but just as well, the second string guys got out there. They were able to do it and lock them down, keep them to six points. It's something to build on moving forward. Like Roddy said, enjoy it, guys. This is, you know, you're not going to see a team like this in Athens, you know, maybe ever. The defense is dominant. And uh, just enjoy the defense. 
whatever the quarterback is, the quarterback is. Whoever the quarterback is, the quarterback is. Keep it moving. You're nine and zero. You're playing Tennessee. Watch Tennessee tonight. Scout them out. Make sure to subscribe to us on UGASports.com's uh, YouTube page. We're trying to get to twenty thousand before the SEC championship game. Invite all your friends. We'd love to have them. And as always, the post-game overreaction show, the watch-long shows on Saturday, Rumors vs. Facts, their UGA recruiting show on Mondays, all the content over on UGASports.com. We've got Film Don't Lie. We've got PFF grades. We've got tons of stories from uh, Anthony Dasher, more than I can even count, guys. So we appreciate all of your support. And uh, like Roddy said, just enjoy it, man. You're 9-0. Have yourself an adult beverage tonight. Watch these other games, and uh, we'll see you next week. And what would Jock Peterson say? Uh, we might we just be them. We might <laughs> just be. We might just be. All right, guys. We appreciate you so much. We'll catch you next week on the post game overreaction show.